This is the Monkey Morning Show, a daily podcast that started as a journal for me to capture the moments I walk through every day. Grab some coffee and come join me and the occasional guest for a chat about music, life, encouragement, and the occasional rant about everyday struggles. Everybody, it is Sunday. We're coming to you with the first installment of Sunday with Squash for season two. Hi, Bubba. What's going on? Dude, it is so good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Man, I am so happy to have like a studio where I can actually have you on and we can do our normal <laughs> thing because, you know, moving is a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Especially when somebody else is moving your shit and they lose it in Connecticut for two weeks. That definitely sounds like a, a bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was definitely mildly inconvenient. I, I will say that. Uh, but anyway, right. so uh, today's Sunday with Squash is going to be a very special one. We are going to dive into a topic uh, that is near and dear to uh, mine and Josh's heart. Uh, and I have instilled that importance into uh, some offspring of my own and today we are joined by uh, my son Marcus hello hi buddy hi all right so uh, we we call Marcus monkey so we're gonna refer to him as as monkey more than likely throughout the entirety of the thing uh, and we my friends are diving into a world we I have no idea where this is going to go how this is going to pan out or what it's going to sound like in the end <laughs> but I promise you it will be an adventure and we are going down a road that sounds like this. For those of you who don't know what that sound is, I would like for you to go ahead and press stop and go listen to a different podcast because you have no business. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Stay and listen. Uh, educate yourself. That was the Imperial March from Star Wars. Today's topic is going to be Star Wars. We are going deep. Uh, Joshua is the host of uh, the Warehouse Rats, and he has this segment called Nerd Corner, and it often dives into this realm uh, which where he is kind of bridled by a little bit of a time constraint. We have no time constraints at the Monkey Morning Show. We can literally sit here and talk for 10 fucking hours if we so choose. So, and we ain't talking about nothing else besides Star Wars. Uh, so if you are not a sci-fi fan, if you're not a Star Wars fan, uh, you're going to get thrown into a world uh, 20 feet deep uh, in Star Wars nerdology. Uh I encourage you to listen. You may want to go do some reading before you come back and listen to the show so you have some context. Um, but those of you who are fans, here we go. So, Star Wars has a huge place in our family. Mm -hmm. Why? 
because it was a unifying factor. Um, if before you even get into the the awesome stuff that is in fact Star Wars, it brought at, at least the men in our family together. Because I remember talking to Dad a while back. He said he saw it when it first came out. You ended up enjoying it as a kid. I enjoyed it as a kid. And then I remember at least I remember the first time I saw it was on VHS. <laughs> you know, before they changed everything. Um, it was me, you, and Dad, and I'm pretty sure it was New Hope, but at the time, it wasn't called New Hope. It was still called Star Wars. I don't think they added the New Hope until the 90s, but I remember you. the blue text came up, and then it went black, and then there's that immediate musical intro with the big yellow letters flying off into space, and I remember being startled by it as a kid. I was like... And this is just the beginning. I was like, there's two more movies. I'm like, this, this is going to be great. And not going to lie, I have never looked back since. If anything, I have been running forward for years into this stuff. And I love every bit of it. The, the goosebumps, right? So for me, for me, it's goosebumps. I have this just uh, uh, so, and they start when the blue letters come up. And what, yep. what do those blue letters say, Marcus? I think and uh yeah I forgot oh my no in a galaxy what a long a long time, time ago in a galaxy oh. far far away I put him on the spot and it's not fair it's not, oh. he's standing in front of millions of virtual people right now in his underwear so it's you know he, he's nervous I get it my first podcast yeah. man yeah oh it's cute but so the blue letters come up and that's when it starts right that's when the 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 tingles Ooh. for me start and then and then there's freaking john williams and all his of his beautiful uh, glory with that first opening note just bang and, and there's no bill uh, it no. is it is straight just power c chord in your face bam, bam. and the letters and uh, just unbelievable how like the the excitement and the emotion and and the craziness that that all just sparks is mm-hmm. is phenomenal oh my god it's, mm-hmm. it's so cool but that's that's and even now i think when we went, because Marcus and I went and saw uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, no, the first one, Phantom Menace. Oh, mm. that we episode went, one. We went to go see Phantom Menace. Hold on. Which, which episode? Uh, uh, for uh, seven. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. yeah Phantom. Oh. Men- no, I don't even think you were alive for Phantom Menace, were you? No. no. Oh, like okay. Three years. Yeah. Before. I was All right. Born. Um. Yeah. So. So. Uh, so we're sitting in the movie theater and the, the blue words come up and then the music starts and I reach over and I grab a hold of him. And I'm like, here we fucking go. Yeah! <laughs> and his poor little friend, uh, his poor little friend that came with us had no fucking clue what was happening whatsoever. And uh, I was just totally lost in the sauce. So it kind of funny, like Marcus and I are reacting to the movie and this kid is looking at the, looking at us and then looking at the screen and he's like, what the fuck are y'all watching? Like he, he, he's watching the same movie, but he can't tell what's going on. This kid at the time he had never seen a single Star Wars movie. Like the Force uh. Awakens, the Force Awakens was the first Star Wars movie, like he saw. And spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Force Awakens, if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't, what's wrong with you? Um, what? So when when Han Solo came out, Han Solo and Chewbacca, when me and when me and my dad were freaking out, and this kid was just sitting here like. What the hell? Who is this guy? Who who are these people? 
and I had to explain to him, I was like, oh, that was that was Han Solo, one of like the main people from the original trilogy. And he was like, well, I was like, he's like, oh, well, I would never guess that. I was like, yeah, well, because you haven't seen Star Wars. He just recently like contacted me saying he had just watched all the Star Wars movies, and I was like, now you see why me and my dad were freaking out so much. Nice. He goes, yeah, Han Solo is my favorite character. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the it was so it's weird I, it, I it has always been a part of us it's always been a part of like my childhood and like I, I cannot remember when it wasn't and I think the the first time uh, that I can recall watching a Star Wars movie that I have like a, a, a vivid memory is The Empire Strikes Back at Grandma Grandpa's greenhouse in Rushford Lake and we're watching it on Laserdisc. Nice. Right? Yeah. No, like it was, and that was, that was like the thing. And every time we went to visit, I would always watch, you know, uh, The Empire Strikes Back on Laserdisc on Grandpa's little ass TV. Um, but that, it, it, but it was a thing we did. And and not because, uh, I don't remember, it was just that that ingrown, uh, I don't, man, it's so weird. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it was just a, such a part of, us such a part of like our our family dynamic uh and then then you get into like the re-releases in the late 90s Mm -hmm. do you do you remember going to those oh yeah i saw i'm pretty sure i saw all three and i remember when you first you see the first bit at least for me i had basically memorized everything so as soon as i saw something new i was like oh Oh, what's this? Like in uh, in New Hope, there's a whole scene with Jabba because yes. originally they they filmed this scene because Jabba was supposed to be human. He was supposed to be just a gangster, and then they scrapped that scene and then didn't introduce Jabba again until Return of the Jedi, where they spent a million dollars and built the Jabba puppet. So when they added it to this scene, I was like, Oh my God, it's Jabba the Hutt! This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, he looks younger and healthier. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, even, but even then, they had yeah. Boba Fett, right? They had Boba Fett there too, and it's like, okay, so there's this building tension of why Boba Fett and Han Solo don't um, don't like each other, and it's like, uh, it's there. There are scenes they chose to cut, or choose to cut. Don't oh, chose. Um, but it. And it makes especially people who are who enjoy these tidbits of extra story furious. Um, one of them in particular, and the scene itself is maybe sixty seconds long, maybe. It was Return of the Jedi. It's right in the beginning, right after Darth Vader arrives on Death Star Two, and he basically gives the commanding officer a hard time, says, guess what? The emperor's going to show up and he's going to oversee your progress. Um, and he's not happy. And he ends that conversation with uh, the emperor isn't as forgiving as I am, <laughs> which which everybody knows. So like right after Darth Vader arrives on Death Star 2, he gives the commanding officer a really hard time and says, your progress is terrible. The emperor is going to be here to oversee your last bit of progress and you can see the guy getting like visible like visibly scared and he's like oh shit (laughs) you know and the and then darth vader ends that conversation with saying the emperor isn't as forgiving as i am which is hilarious because darth vader isn't forgiving at all 
But right after that, this cut scene is Darth Vader walking through the Death Star. And then I'm trying to remember exactly. He has this, like, meditation pod that he can sit in and do, like, take off his helmet so he doesn't need it to, like, stay alive. Um, he's in this pod, and he's reaching out to Luke with the Force. And he's talking to him. And and then it switches to Luke on Tatooine in a cave, finishing the touches on his green lightsaber. And they cut that. So, so when the movies came out, they went from Empire Strikes Back, where he loses his blue lightsaber, to Return of the Jedi, where he all of a sudden and magically has a green one with no explanation at all. And they had a reason for it. It was 60 seconds. You could have cut 60 seconds from somewhere else in this movie. It's like, you know how many musical transition scenes you had? I mean, if you cut two seconds down on all those, you would have had a whole nother hour. I, they felt compelled to keep the weird alien chick singing in the cantina. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, what did the long lip lady have to do with the fucking story? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she I, had sex appeal. Well, I, so uh, <laughs> they should not have touched any of the Leia scenes in her Job of the Hut uh, uh, garb because uh, uh, I, I, I gives a shit what you say. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, Carrie Fisher in her prime, and oh my god, smoking hot. Uh, and I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan. So no shame in my game. Really? So, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it's apparent now. Thank God my wife doesn't listen to the show, right? Anyway, but yeah, so so no, you're right. And, and the value of things, that, and I would be interested in to, to talk to the folks in the editing process because there's got to be uh, priorities, right? They've got to put different chunks of, of priority. So this was deemed at some point in time to be a lower priority in the show. And you wonder how. Mm. And, and, you know, so honestly with me, I never gave two thoughts about uh, blue lightsaber versus green lightsaber. It, he lost his lightsaber because he went away with his hand, right? But the change in color wasn't something that, mm-hmm. that ever really I spent more than two seconds thinking about. It was a new lightsaber. So, of course, it was a different color. Uh. But no, no, no. Right. Well, see, that, that makes, this that is where so bad. Okay, this is where your super, your your super nerd versus my uh, marginal nerd, you know, comes into play. So, uh, yeah. so before we move forward, explain, Josh, the significance in the change of, uh, in the change of color. Every crystal has a particular significance. Um. Depending on what kind of a nerd you talk to, they will disagree. They will say, oh, no, it's personal choice. It's like, no, that's not the case. If you dive deep into official Star Wars canon, which basically George Lucas has confirmed, this is a part of this universe. You can disagree with it, but it's still there. Jedis are responsible for finding these crystals that go into their lightsabers, which which give them their specific color. However... These crystals are brought are are found by using the force. So you already have this crazy connection with this particular crystal. The force reaches out and it it you find it through that. Like there's um there's a animated series called Clone Wars where they introduce this particular temple that this was um this was it, I'm trying to think um this was a part of becoming a Jedi. 
you had to find this crystal. If you couldn't, you either died in this temple or if you came back without one, you either were dismissed from the Jedi or you were told, okay, well, you got to do it again. You know, you're, you're, and the thing is, the people they would send into this temple were children because that's how young you had to have, you know, you had to dedicate yourself to this um, force ability. So the fact that he went or he was able to find another crystal and then do his construction on his own without any kind of mentor or anything like that um, was a huge significance on his power ability because your ability to use the force to find these crystals had to be significant. Okay, so so the Order of the Jedi, at this point though, we're talking about uh, episode six, which is... Um, uh, oh. Return of the Jedi. See now, Mark, Mark, you're you're contagious, monkey. Yeah, I mean, forgetting shit. Um, so, so when we leave Luke uh, in Empire Strikes Back, right? They're looking off in the sunset as as Lando and Chewie go off to find Han, right? So somewhere, so you're telling me somewhere in that mix from mm -hmm. from that point to the beginning of uh, or, uh, Return of the Jedi, he went to this temple completed his task and got this crystal mm -hmm. which which opens up a lot of questions because um yoda's gone so nope nope he's well, not yet yeah. oh that's right because nope. yeah that's right he goes back afterwards to finish his oh, training okay. that's right mm -hmm. yeah okay so so it leads to believe that there was more communication with yoda and then yoda would have sent him to the temple and he's an potentially. adult potentially potentially they they that's the thing they they don't tell you um when <laughs> after return of the jedi or even after the first star wars they something was born called the expanded universe that is basically anything that was added to star wars um including comic books novels and any extra stories that happen in in between um and they they all went in such crazy directions, and granted, they were awesome directions. Um, at least as far as my memory goes back, I can't remember the the exact situation of him getting his lightsaber. But so if we're if we're talking just movies, they made they made a jump that in in the immediate watching the movie sense wasn't important. He had. He had a new laser sword. Sweet. But for the people who, who cared about it and they're like, wait a second. I feel and personally so attacked you know, by that like, comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> so and so like for somebody like me, it's like, okay, he has this vibrant green, super stylized hilt lightsaber. For for me, that's that's huge. And I'm just like, okay, so when did this happen? And and the thing, the movies, they didn't do a good explanation of the time, be like the time gaps between each movie. Um, and and from when I'm, when I when uh, I can remember, they're significant. They're not like, hey, two weeks later they found Han Solo. <laughs> you know, it was it was months, if not years, in between each movie. And but again, when they made. Um, the first Star Wars, George Lucas had no reason to think that this was going to go anywhere. 
And he was just like, yeah, I'll make this fun little space movie and then we'll move on. Um, and like, even to the point where um, Han Solo even had a, a contract because they, they had said, hey, what if we decide to do more after this? Will you do more? He's like, no, I won't. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to do another one. So Harrison Ford had this this contract where he wasn't going to confirm to do another one. And then even at um, uh, when they did Empire Strikes Back, he wouldn't sign a contract to do another one. And he told George Lucas, he's like, listen, um, end the next one with with the potential of me not coming back. And so that's why they put him in Carbonite, because he wouldn't sign the contract to come back for another one. And and honestly, good for him, because like, you know, people, especially nowadays, um, like with the Marvel movies, you sign a contract, you're you're. <laughs> You're basically signing at least ten years of your life away, <laughs> and um, so it just and okay, sorry, um, and so just this whole um, the idea of them people just <laughs> just forgetting to put in super important scenes. Cause like, I realized we kind of got off on a tangent about the lightsaber, but <laughs> it, okay. So yeah, I, I don't, I've totally lost where I was going all that. I lost myself. So. Yeah. No. Uh, so uh, we were talking about, um, the, the movies, uh, and, and cutting, like leaving out important information. Right. Uh, for the sake of Hollywood. Right. And, and that's, I think that's a smart move because, I would say the percentage of of super nerds who are going to go and read canon versus your average moviegoer who are just going to go and be entertained for a few hours, right, um, is, right. is different. And if they waste, you know, hours of time, yeah, you know, not getting to the fact that Leia's freaking his sister, you know, the, and he made out with his sister, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, normal moviegoers are going to be like, oh, what? Um, you know, <laughs> so, uh, and for those of you who don't know the Star Wars things, yes, uh, that, that happened. Uh, Luke made out with his sister. He didn't know it was his sister at the time, so don't freak out. It's not a fucking. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, doesn't make it okay. But... <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> ignorance is bliss, right? But see, we we don't know what happens in space. That could be a thing. That's true. It's it's in a galaxy far, far away. There you go. We're just we're just putting our our own morality into it. So, uh, reading up on on what drove George Lucas to to create the movie, right? And his inspiration for creating the movie. Now, there there's a couple different theories out there. One of the theories I heard is that it was it's the story of, of basically of uh like Christianity or some some type of faith um structured it. Yeah, yeah, I know I'll have to get a, my buddy Corey in here to to kind of take us down that rabbit hole. Uh but he was he's a staunch believer in that. Uh but in reading some some of the George Lucas stuff, he he based it off of some uh, some some samurai novels, some like uh, some ancient uh, Japanese, uh, you know, uh, fairy tales or whatever, and and then kind of structured the the movie around that, the the tale of a thousand te- or tears or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Uh, I, I yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure the the actual book, but he kind of and then reading that, so looking that, that makes way more sense than the whole like morality thing. Um, or the the Christianity thing, but I I found it just super interesting. This like basing the story off of of something else, and and then the influences that you don't realize 
uh, Vader's helmet being one of them resembles kind of a, a samurai's. You know, if you look at the mm-hmm. uh, like the samurai helmet versus his, it, it has yep. uh, very similarities. So, very oh, yeah. very interesting stuff and, and little tidbits that you wouldn't even pick up on had you not done the you know the the twenty second read uh, on uh, Wikipedia dot com. So, <laughs> which, which uh, it was hilarious and it's got some <laughs> some some really fina- or, uh, uh, fascinating insights on on the cast and on the the actual production of the story and you know george lucas almost bailed a couple different times oh yeah and go ahead well like the thing is like he he wrote the script um and and back then sharing your script with other directors and other movie makers wasn't a big deal and um his one of his closest friends at the time was uh steven spielberg and he he gave me and steven spielberg's look and he's like yeah I mean, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you know, it's not it's, great. It's, it's, not it's no ET, but it'll do. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that, you know, that everybody was like, you know, this this will be entertaining. But everybody's like, you know, maybe that's just, just it. It'll be entertaining. So when you have everybody a part of the project that's like, oh, yeah, you know, it'll be entertaining, but it probably won't go any further than that. Um especially after what it turned out to be and not just the movies and the franchise that he created, but um, there's a great documentary. Um, it's about making that first star Wars film. And even, I think it even includes a couple of the other ones after that. And it's hosted by C3PO and R2D2, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, they, they go, they really dive deep in the use of practical effects and the fact that George Lucas, like, he changed the world of practical effects. He was like, I, at least because of the technology, he's like, I want to make sure that this world, even though it's forever, you know, in the past and in the galaxy far away, I want it, I want it to feel as real as it can. So like, um, one of the bits they talk about is an empire strikes back when they're fighting the ATATs and you have the snow speeders going and stuff like that. For the most part, all of what you're watching is quote unquote real because like one of one of the bits they showed was you have a model of the speeder flying down and then they add a smoke effect and then they add and a smoke effect is a little video clip of smoke and then they just lay that over. So that by itself is real. And it's so it's all these individual real shots piled on top of each other to make a coherent scene and the fact that they do so much of this like um the uh the first uh death star attack um when they're going down in the trenches and stuff like that they actually built like a i want to say it was like a 30 50 foot long trench of the death star with all these little intricate pieces and they would get on a car and fly the camera over and they would blow shit up <laughs> you know just and, so i mean they and of course if they didn't like the shot they had to fix it set back up blow it up again <laughs> you know so i mean they they spent so much time and energy making it a a real experience which i think is why it gripped so many people because when you're watching it it looks real it feels real 
and it also presents a, a, an incredible case study for Hollywood to go from special effects from then to now because, you know, you take uh, 1977, uh, you know, uh, A New Hope when it first comes out uh, to, you know, 2019, The Rise of Skywalker. And the mm-hmm. visual, like like special effects, the, the evolution of special effects just from there to there. Uh, the same mm-hmm. story, right? We're, and we have the same characters, 40 years later, I mean, you know, we're, we're still looking at Mark Hamill as, as freaking Luke Skywalker, right? He'll always be Luke Skywalker. Oh, he'll always be Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> old as shit, as so he should be, you know what I mean? Um, but but the, the progress of filmmaking and the evolution of filmmaking itself when it comes to like special effects and stuff, in and of itself, same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how it goes through. What I didn't like, though, is... Uh, let's let's look at the the late '90s when we start seeing the original episodes come back out digitally remastered. Cool little uh, you know found footage that they reintegrate into the film, and and those mm-hmm. kinds of things are great. But it goes through and it digitizes everything, and it adds special effects to the original thing. And then mm. that where had had he had he enhanced the sound, right, and re-released the. You know, without quite so much uh, CGI, I, mm. I think I would have been happier. I remember the, uh, I'm always excited to walk away from a theater watching Star Wars. All right, mm. so actually we were driving. We were in uh, New Hampshire yesterday, and we went past one of those like dollar movie theaters, and Empire Strikes Back is playing in this movie theater. I oh, I don't know if it's like open open yet, because I mean at the time of day it wouldn't have been open, but. Uh, so, that, so it may have been a, a movie theater that closed down in the late nineties and they just never took the sign down, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> right. uh, but I'm, I'm led to believe that there's actually, they're actually showing it cause it's like a Dolly movie theater. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I remember, you know, I'm always excited to go see me in the theater, but I remember coming out of those and my criticism being, uh, he, he went too hard mm-hmm. and then finding the original unaltered versions of those films is next to impossible now. Oh, yeah. And that's that's so sad to me. It should I mean, why not have you know, outside of the the archives of Hollywood, uh the option to buy and and just so you can have a side-by-side comparison and that that sucks. Because even though George Lucas isn't a great director, he is a stickler for maintaining story. Like obsessively so so when the special editions came out he opted to change certain things and certain um thing or certain things that diehard fans would have noticed right away they're like okay this is weird why why is this like this um but and and because he's just like okay well we we altered this because stuff has been changing and we want to maintain that story and so, and he was real good about that. But then, when he did the prequel trilogy, episodes one, two, and three, he went full hard with uh, special effects. Like filming, there was always a green screen up, which a lot of the diehard fans weren't um, weren't crazy about because they like they were like, "Hey, you, you kind of took away this real aspect of it and this real feeling of it." Um, and again, the prequels is, at least for me, is in, in an area of debate where, again, because it's George Lucas, um, they weren't great movies. 
I thought the stories that he tried to tell were solid. Um, there was definitely like, especially introducing the Jedi as much a more real thing was awesome. And especially seeing them like evolve in that way. Like the first time we saw Yoda in episode one, I was totally stoked. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Last time we saw him, he was dying in bed. <laughs> I'm like, so the fact that he's alive is awesome. And then is it, do you remember uh, the, the response and it is, it's in, uh, uh, the, cl- uh, uh, episode two. What's episode two? Attack of Clones. Attack of the Clones. So, Clone so no. that, yeah, no. Attack of Clones. Attack, yeah. yeah, yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. Clone Wars is on, the, the Disney. That's, like, sorry, that's the show. Yeah, damn. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Look at Marcus throwing shade. <laughs> get, your, get your shit together, man. I'm trying. Hand me your nerd card. Uh, so, uh, that distinct memory of Yoda walking in. So here's uh, to set the scene. Here's Obi Wan and Anakin, uh, two Jedi you know, fascinated people are now both on the ground, uh, oddly snuggled together um, because they just happened to <laughs> fall from their injuries at the same location. Catch um, me. Yeah. Yeah. That the snuggle was weird for me. Um, uh, and, and mildly ironic. I would have thought they would have been two different locations, but anyway. Um, uh, so here's uh, count Dooku, right. Kind of towering over them. And I forget the actor that played count Dooku, but man, uh, Christopher Lee. Yeah. They, they cast that dude perfectly. Just this, this ominous dark with the voice. They got another great voice and and to play a bad guy. And, and, and that was one of George Mm -hmm. Lucas's things. Like he, his bad guys minus the emperor, but he got fucked up. So like his voice is supposed to be fucked up. Yeah. Well, But but no. even looking through look through the whole series, I just didn't like his voice. Right, all the bad guys have great voices. Uh, Darth Plagueis, or well, who our Plagueis was it? What Snoke Plagueis? What it, it was you... it was freaking Plagueis, dude. It wasn't Plagueis. No, it wasn't. Anyway, so even it's, the... and it's and it's Plagueis, not Plagueis. But <sighs> anyway, so come on, Dad, don't but the tragedy. Let's, we're talking about the voices. Right, so the, right, he, right, right, he he picked great voices. So anyway, so here's the scene. Uh, Count Dooku is is standing over the two snuggled, uh, you know, Jedi warriors who he has both felled, and in walks this three foot tall green old dude with a cane, and he he's coming in with a cane, and I forget what the line is, but he's like, I guess now we'll just have to uh, see who's you know our 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 I our, I can say the line. Yeah, what's the line? Okay. Um, well, first they go back and forth using force abilities, and they're basically just destroying the environment around them. Right. Yes. And so finally, Dooku realizes he's like, "Oh, this isn't gonna work." And he's like, "So um, this contest can't be um, this contest can't be uh, figured out by our uh, knowledge of the force, but with our skill with a lightsaber." And Dooku's lightsaber was brilliant because he was this classic old school guy and he have a he had a curved uh hilt which the studying the fighting style that he had was a very finesse um if the if it had existed he would have had a rapier very fancy with the sword play and stuff like that so that's that's why he had his so he pulls his out ironically his name was count dooku with a throwback to the french reference of uh of uh french royalty right Yep. So, and the cool thing, even he, and the thing is, Dooku respected Yoda because he gave them, he gave him like a, 
a fighter's salute. Like he pulled his lightsaber up like in front of his face as a I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> and then Yoda just opens his cloak, uses the force and his little lightsaber comes flying out to his hand. And then he is battle ready. So so that scene um with the introduction of Yoda, right? So even even in the episodes, you know, when they bring Anakin uh, to the council, and mm. and they and, and Yoda kind of judges him. He's sitting down. He's old. He's. I mean, even in that time, he's old, and he's talking the same. So you, so that first glimpse of Yoda in in the new, you know, in the prequels, he still has that perception. It's not until this moment where old boy and, and he does when he the moment he grabs that lightsaber and he turns that thing on the entire movie theater stood up on their feet like i i have not seen a sports reaction to a movie in my life <laughs> unlike the moment when yoda got ready to whoop somebody's ass with a lightsaber <laughs> and it was it was unreal and and, and i mean it was even people who who the appreciation for Star Wars as a as a franchise really kind of like like sunk in in that moment. I remember walking away from that movie. I didn't particularly like the movie. I love Ewan McGregor as a young Obi Wan Kenobi, fucking perfect. And actually, Marcus and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, Hayden Christensen as as a as as a young Anakin. I mean, Anakin's a whiny little bitch, so I guess they typecast it pretty well. <laughs> but but I wasn't real happy with that casting. I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, the movie started strong because R2-D2 has a body count in the first like five minutes of the movie. So like oh, it's, yeah. it started so powerfully and so wonderfully. And then that moment when the entire theater stood up and I was in, I was in Fayetteville, North Carolina when that came out. So uh, not a lot of like, it, it, it's a, that's a military town, you know, that's a, a bunch of knuckle dragon mm-hmm. army dudes. Uh, so, so it was really cool to see how the franchise had such an impact on everybody and everybody Mm -hmm. knew Yoda as this old wise guy, but now he's a freaking, he's a badass and he's flipping and he's spinning and he's doing all kinds of crazy shit and moving all over the place. Freaking amazing. Um, and, and you got to see Yoda as a warrior. And so that led you to imagine his life prior to, you know, and when he mm. when he finally goes away, he, he forces out, right? He uh, he's what nine hundred some odd years old. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you got to think he's probably in his you know, oh you know, early seven hundreds at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, the timeline. It will when he when he dies, he's nine hundred. Um, the timeline between, let's say, uh, Attack of the Clones and Return of the Jedi, um, we're talking maybe maybe 30 years so even even that yeah but you're you're going off of milky way sun time right right so it it could be different but yeah like and the thing is after that fight it didn't stop there and then you jump to revenge of the sith where his badassery kept going and where like where um he uh obi-wan and Yoda show up at the Jedi temple after the clones have taken over. And that's after order 66, which I'm going to talk about next. Um, you have, there's one bit where you see Obi-Wan and Yoda fighting off all these clones. And then Yoda does this move where he slashes one 
throws his lightsaber at another one. It sticks in this dude's chest, and then he jumps onto him, pulls it out, and then slices somebody else before then going to the ground. <laughs> it It's like, dude, it's like – and the thing is nobody – Nobody expected it of him. Everybody was like, oh, he he can't fight. He's just this little green guy. And then sure enough, he's like, hey, I could take out about 50 of you before you can even touch me. And sure enough, that's what he does. Right. And then and then you had the moment of seeing the emperor and him finally go toe to toe where they kind of I think they measure each other up. Because the Emperor does his force lightning and Yoda does the block, but then it shoots him back and it throws him around. And then, you know, he gets up from it and he's like, oh, hey, well, uh, guess what? And then he uses a force push on it, blows him across the room. And they're both like, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> and then they end up having this in like, and the thing is, they they go two different directions with their fight. They start off with a quick um, uh example of their force abilities and then they jump right into lightsabers and that by itself and they the cool thing was that is their fight happens on a and no bigger than a 12 by 12 uh podium that then rises up into their council chambers and so and that and that scene was brilliant because it, it this this council chamber was massive you know we're talking you know you know, thousands of feet tall or whatever. And as it rises up on this single podium, you see these two lightsabers in the distance just going crazy. But then it's giving them their arena to fight it because these two need that much space. And then they get to a point where they put the lightsabers away and then they're just throwing stuff at each other. And it's oh, like I remember sitting in the theater on the edge of my chair like like I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? And then. Simultaneously, you have the emotion fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan, which at this point in time, the only other time you saw them fighting was New Hope. And granted, you know, that fight was a little was a little on the weak side. But I mean, so you have these two fighters at the the height of their game. Marcus just made a motion with his hands, but uh, we're not video. We're we're a we're a audio podcast. So so uh, so describe talk to talk to me about the fight, monkey. What what were your what was the, the reaction for episode three or episode four for for episode, so you were, we were talking about the the Obi Wan Vader fight in episode four, uh, uh, the original like make yep. of it. It was I don't want to say boring. It was uneventful. It wasn't like you know. The prequels were like they're they're jumping and spinning around and you know they're throwing lightsabers like it's just they're just sitting there with their lightsabers just just swinging they're kind of like but here's the thing they have um everything that came out in the 70s they've tried to explain why that happened with uh, with uh, examples of stuff that's happening now um and one of the examples they did was that that original fight between darth vader and obi-wan kenobi when they finally meet again is that at this point in time obi-wan has changed personally and how he fights so he's like you know what he's like i i could take you out I'm choosing not to. I'm showing you that I have grown and you haven't. You are still the hateful little boy that I had to train. And 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 especially when he says, if you strike me down, 
I'm going to become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And especially with Anakin being on the war path to gain more power at a fan point of view, after all the prequels in the Clone War series came out, when I rewatched that, that's Obi-Wan basically saying, bitch, I am better than you, and I will <laughs> always be better than you, which as a character standpoint would have driven Anakin Skywalker crazy. Um, and so in that fight, it was, yes, it looks boring and it's not flashy or exciting, but it's showing growth on Obi-Wan's side and him saying, I don't have to beat you. I can do what I want. And guess what? I'm going to let you kill me so you feel cool, but then I'm going to be stronger. And uh, uh, so good. <laughs> so, it is a really like, it's an interesting fight to say the least. Like, it's like, especially when he kind of just, like, like you said, he, Obi-Wan basically lets Vader kill him. He surrenders by like, mm-hmm. by just holding his lightsaber up in the air, not like in like a defensive blocking way, just, just kind of the hilt up to his face. Just like, do it. Come on. I'm ready. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, Vader kills him. He becomes, you know, and then he becomes a, a Force ghost, which is, yeah. from my knowledge, from what I've gathered through watching the prequels, Clone Wars, all of that, um, what I've gathered, it's like, it's like the Force ghost form is basically just pure Force energy. It's like, mm. it's not like, you know, it isn't like, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, like a ghost, like how, like, you know, how we see ghosts. It's like, it's just... This this element that that connects everything that connects everything in the universe, and it's it's being embodied in like a physical form. So like mm. when everybody shows up in um, Return of the Jedi, when Anakin, Obi Wan, and Yoda show up, that's like that's three beings of pure like pure force. Mm. It's like it's crazy. See, and, and the you, fact you that they, say that the fact that they changed that response. when they redid the movies <laughs> pissed me off. They oh, interjected, yeah. They Vader interjected freaking Ewan McGregor. <laughs> they interjected freaking Hayden Christensen, right? So you see those no, not Ewan in McGregor. the new ones in Return Ewan of McGregor. the. Mm-mm. That's that will always be Sir Alec Guinness. Always. Okay, so then why why the fuck change Anakin? Because the the Are theory you? or the fanboy thing is that Anakin Skywalker died when he became Darth Vader. So that was where his good force abilities went away. And then the rest of his life he spent as Darth Vader till he had his redeeming quality as um buh, 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 died totally lost me. So they they brought back the the Anakin ghost as a this is who's coming back, not the the old scarred up guy at the Return of the Jedi. Okay, I I pulled up the image yet. Yeah, and you were right, is it's absolutely it's which, which I, 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 that's such bullshit. I, I disagree with that move. Just that was one of those things because Alec Guinness looks like he did when he died, and mm-hmm. I, I get the the fanboy theory, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, consistency leads to success. So okay. keep it, well, keep it the same. And here's the deal: uh, the good was always in him, right? You could always sense right. the good invader. It was always right. there. Just uh, you know what I mean? Um, yep. Uh, so. I don't know. That that was that was frustrating. Well, if if you can get a an original copy of Empire Strikes Back, 
there's a moment where they're chasing the Millennium Falcon through the um, to the asteroid field, and somebody says, "Hey, um, the Emperor is trying to contact you, Vader," and he's like, "Get out of the asteroid field! I need to talk to him." And so then they pull the big ship out of the asteroid field, and then there's the hologram of the Emperor. And this will be the first time they show you the Emperor. He's very he's got his like his hood, and he's got the like his face is obscured, so you can't really see him, and even his voice because it wasn't Ian McDermott or yeah um it wasn't him it was another guy and so after um Revenge of the Sith came out they changed that image of the emperor to the emperor at the end of Revenge of the Sith and i think they like they changed the whole scene like not even just visuals but dialogue they changed all kinds of stuff in that scene. Uh, and what led me to to realize that was the chin. It was because that was one of the the like only prominent feature you could see and the chin was different. Yeah. When the, when they went and redid it, you know, well, I didn't you I didn't... can see the whole face. You you can mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that is definitely the emperor from Revenge of the Sith." I don't I don't remember that. But, I'm sure I'm sure it is. But, I just don't but remember. Even, but even the dialogue is different. The, the original one where it, it's almost Vader is pleading with the Emperor saying, hey, if he can be turned, he'll he'll become a powerful ally. And then and then the Emperor is like, yeah, I mean, he he could be a very powerful asset, you know. And and so the, the conversation is different because, like, in the newest ones, it's him saying, guess what? This is your kid. And he's like, I thought Padme died. And he's like, yeah, but I guess somehow your kids made it or your kid made it. So the whole conversation is different. And again, it's one of those things where like it doesn't make sense why you would change it because the original one was – even if you wanted to change it visually, go ahead. But you change the conversation. And I get it. It's kind of for continuity to like make sure that the story is is the same. So if you want to watch episode one to nine – the story flows better, and I get it, and that's fine. But even that original conversation was was so cool, and and the dialogue they share was was that of Vader seeming timid. So the fact that there was somebody that that Vader answered to was was bone chilling, because up until this point, you're like, dude, Vader can do whatever he wants. And then you have this guy, he bows before. And it's like, okay, I don't like at this point, you're like, okay, Vader shouldn't be bending the knee to anybody. And this guy, sure enough, he's like, oh, this, this dude means business. Um, and then they, they push, so, so they, it, they push the old frail stereotype, you know, uh, prior to uh, episodes one through three, you know what I mean? They, they, they push the old school, like, you know, the first time we actually see the emperor in person is when he arrives on Death Star 2 in Return of the Jedi. And he, what is he? Mm -hmm. He's an old, feeble man who gingerly walks down the ramp and is escorted by Vader, who is this towering presence next to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, You know, the most most powerful, you know, Sith Lord in the galaxy is another old dude in a cloak, kind of like Yoda, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I get the whole balance thing, you know? Uh, But still, it's just one of those weird, like, uh, I I don't know. Um, it, It was weird to me that they kept it the same. And I understand like they, they filled you in uh, on the back end of why he was that way. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, because after getting you know fucked up by uh, who was the the Jedi that messed him up, he ended up killing him. Uh, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah. The, Windu. the the snakes on a plane Jedi, right? <laughs> yeah. Got these motherfucking Jedi's in my <laughs> motherfucking temple. <laughs> One one rule. Sorry, I love Sam Jackson, but it's every time that's where I go. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. We're talking a lot about the changes that that went through with the process, and but you know, kind of the story itself. I think is is incredible, and the fact that the story continued. So the story, right? We're talking about the story, um, how it. Uh, I don't know how it, how it's transcended. You know, shit. What three generations now, right? Because uh, you know, started in the '70s, and now here we are, you know, 20 years, and it's still going. And one of the coolest things, so I, I want to talk about the Disney takeover in a in a second, because uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of discussion about that. Uh, and I, I, if you want some comic relief, uh, you should bring in my buddy Corey and talk to him about his, the the Disney takeover, which is fucking hilarious. Um, Kennedy. What? Kathleen Kennedy. Okay, we'll get there. Hang on. The one thing I have absolutely loved about the the t- the takeover is the stories in between. Mm. We've only gotten two of them, right? <laughs> so we've gotten Rogue One, and we've gotten this you mm-hmm. know Solo, the story of of a young Han Solo. Um, right. I I lend uh, my my opinion of Solo kind of with Corey's. It's it's you know, uh, pirates of the Caribbean in space. Uh, so I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of agree with him there. It's, it's really cool, uh, to get how they introduced, you know, Chewy and all that stuff. And that was great. Um, but didn't really, it didn't strike me as much as rogue one and rogue one, um, because rogue one, uh, it's not a star Wars movie. It's a star Wars story. Which is really uh, there. There, there has to be a definitive barrier. So when you go to see these movies, there it is not Star Wars. It is a Star Wars story. So kind of mm. like uh, the Battle for Endor. Do you remember that? Like in the the eighties. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. With, with the the Ewoks. Who did, why, yeah. why? Why the with the Ewoks? That's where you went. Come on. Be- because they wanted to try something. Yeah, I know. They, they, they wanted to try something. I know. And, and, and they failed. It didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't work. But what did they do? Um, they made a war movie. That's what they did. Uh, they And they put together battle scenes that were, were no shit emotional tug war. And, and you didn't see that type of action outside of uh, the Star Wars, in the entire Star Wars series, uh, since The Empire Strikes Back. And I think that's why the why mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back is one of my personal favorites. Uh, actually, it is my absolute favorite um, of all of the movies uh, because it is it is the most intense, the the strongest, the, and it the uh, it's real to me because it feels it's dark. You know, it's not some fantasy mm-hmm. fairy tale where everybody's loving each other and hugging and kissing. You know what I mean? It ends with Han gone. You know, one of the the main dudes gone. Uh, Luke's fucked up. His dad's a bad guy. Jesus, what? It's a mess, right? And and they get their asses kicked in the the first fight scene. So, mm-hmm. fast forward to Rogue yeah. One. Here's a lot of that same stuff. Here here's a lot of that same thing. And and Rogue One was such a phenomenal movie in and of itself. The as far as the action sequences and how they told the story and the characters that they introduce you to uh, on the inside and and filling the gaps. 
uh, between episodes three and four, I think was massive and absolutely crucial because at the end of episode three, mm-hmm. you're just kind of sit there stuck like, what the fuck is this? You know, so how did we get from here to here? And not only did it fill that gap beautifully to where it even tied in at the very end, you know, it legit left you off, you know, into episode four. It's a great segue, which I'm going to talk about that here in just a second, you know, but the film itself did not feel like a Star Wars film. It started different. Um, A lot of the same characters were there. You got introduced to uh, Jetta. You know, uh, the temple, kyber crystals, like that whole thing. You And and that filled a big gap in the story for for us uh, non-super nerds. I find myself in a super nerd sandwich as Josh is on a screen to my left and Marcus is sitting to my right. So uh, so I'm the, the, the patty in this freaking nerd hamburger right now. <laughs> Weird visual for those at home. But so I think they, they hit the ball like out of the park with Rogue One. And the way it ended, not only, you know, I talked about it being the segue into episode four, but for the first time ever, you, you always heard about Vader on the freaking on the fucking murder trail, right? You never, you never got to see him in his prime right after, you know, right after he becomes Vader, right? So, so he's still young at that point. He still mm-hmm. has all of the skills. Now he just has a lot more machinery running his his appendages, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that no shit look of a what a badass he is outside of the last 15 seconds of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And the cinematography itself, a dark smoky hallway, and then here comes that red lightsaber. And you knew, and, and you and I, Marcus and I have seen uh, since uh, episode six, Seven. seven we've seen all of them together in the theater um and, and and that was another one of those moments where man i reached over and i grabbed a hold of his leg like oh fuck here we go you know <laughs> and sure as shit you see vader for the first time ever just absolutely murk that freaking entire hallway of dudes and he doesn't do yep. it uh, with the classical fighting style that he demonstrates in episode four, he does it in the freaking badassery Anakin Skywalker fashion where he's throwing dudes to the roof. He's freaking slicing dudes in half with other dudes. Like, it's amazing. Uh, and, and so it's cheers to, uh, to Disney for, for interjecting the story in between the stories uh, and not going Mickey Mouse with Darth Vader. They may have later mm-hmm. on with some other characters, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to those. But um, uh, in one scene in particular, the, Johnny, the reason Josh is signed, because he knows where I'm going with that one. But, uh, but the, you know, cheers to them for allowing us to see Vader in his prime and getting a, a no shit, uh, re-energizing our, our perception of him as a badass and not just some old relic. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He was a Sith Lord. And this, you know, he wasn't he wasn't as crazy and flippy and spinny as freaking uh, Darth Maul was, right? You know, with the double freaking saber shit. And uh, he wasn't, you know, the old guy, you know, old guy battle that we saw in episode two with Windu and, uh, or not Windu, um, uh, Dooku and, and Yoda. But, you know, just power. And I, I thought mm-hmm. that was that was really fantastic. Something they explained of why that was, was, um, again, kind of practical and um, very uh, fan-based, was 
they said, okay, so when before he got into any of the Vader armor, he was unconstricted, un anything, so he could do all the fancy fighting stuff. With the Vader armor, he was now part machine, and so and he and his vision <laughs> was shit. I mean, I have a very impressive Darth Vader helmet. It's not easy to see. <laughs> and and one of the character thing was the reason Vader had these pods that he could go into to take his helmet off because he hated his helmet. He absolutely hated it. He so anytime he put it on, he was already pissed. So the reason he was killing people left and right with the force when he had his helmet on because he was already mad. <laughs> so so a part of so a part of this fight scene in in Rogue One was that. A part of why it was simple in its concept was that he was constricted physically. So he couldn't do the, you know, all crazy, you know, fancy spins. But it was still brute force and not just, you know, force power, but it was, it was rough. It was, um, yeah. Oh, he, he, he he was was angry. Oh yeah, he's like, I'm going to fuck all of you up. <laughs> and and the thing is, as soon as everybody saw him at the end of the hallway, they're like, We're dead. And, you know, like so and then and the cool thing was they showed the absolute dire need to get the Death Star plans out. Which yeah. w- which was kind of mortifying in a sense, because these people knew were like, Okay, you have to take this even if we die. So then one of the things you don't get from any of the movies was, especially when the rebels are still very much fighting the cause, is the dire need for the cause. And this was the first time you see it where you see these soldiers saying, okay, this, this little data card is way more important than any of our lives. And and so you saw that, but then at the same time you saw that clash with the absolute brute force power that is Darth Vader. Ugh. Like just thinking about it, I'm I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> you know, it's it was and like in like the first time I saw uh, Rogue One, um, it it was it was a good movie, but as like Star Wars sense, I wasn't a huge fan until Vader showed up. <laughs> And then he did his thing, and I was like, "Man, that was something." And then they added the, the uh, Carrie Fisher bit right at the end, and I was yeah. like, "Oh dang!" I'm like, "It feels like Star Wars now." The uh, you the, know, um, the hot Carrie Fisher. Right. Thank God <laughs> right. for CGI. <laughs> right. Um, so she, it was she's gotten a little thicker in her old age. You know what I mean? Yeah, people are allowed to, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it happens to the best of us, right? Right. <laughs> Anyway, no, no, I was, uh, I was happy to see that too. And which, you know, kind of segues into the whole Disney thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Disney buys, you know, Lucas LTD, uh, and, and now they own star Wars and, and everybody's fear was, you know, great. We're going from, uh, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to freaking. Orlando, downtown Florida. Los Angeles. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to fucking Orlando to watch a fucking, you know, <laughs> Uh, Mickey Mouse Parade, or God forbid they put a small world after all in that freaking thing. God. <laughs> Thank God they kept John Williams around because, you know, right? had they put the... Anyway. Um, so, so, but there are very uh, interesting things that Disney does do. The very first thing after Disney takes it over and they start doing their thing and they announce the director 
for The Force Awakens, I had I had to read the name three or four times to really to to absorb what I was seeing. Did they really just put the director of Star Trek as the goddamn director of Star Wars? <laughs> because in nerd circles, you don't mix the two. They can coexist, but they do not mix. You're mixing the two. <laughs> Disney, what the fuck are you doing? In middle school, yep. there was like a gang war between the Trekkies oh, and the yeah. Star Wars fans. Like it, literally, it got so bad that like one point, like a group of kids brought lightsabers in and the other oh kids gosh. and the other kids brought like shirts like Star Trek shirts. And they <laughs> so throwing all the red up the, ones died. Throwing right? up, yeah. <laughs> throwing up all the all the Spock symbols just it was it was it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I I lost it. Uh, so so here is uh, here is, see even my computer doesn't want to recognize Star Trek as a thing. Um, <laughs> which uh, let me let me be very honest. I I love Star Trek. I am a huge fan of I, the old ones, the Gene Roddenberry ones, uh, and the new ones, the JJ like the the new Star Treks. I think they did such an awesome job of creating. Uh, Oh shit! We need to stop talking about that. It's a, it's a different show. Um, we'll go down the Star Trek thing later. So anyway, back. Jesus Christ! Don't let me do that. <laughs> Why'd you let me do that? So, I thought this was a Star Wars one. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. Star you stop. You stop. Right. So so JJ Abrams comes in. Already, I'm skeptical. I'm like, God damn it! Here we go. Uh, you know, it, there's going to be fucking Mickey Mouse ears everywhere. Um, you know, Pluto's going to show up at some point in time, and somebody's yep. somebody's going to get freaking. Uh, uh, what what's the, when they they uh, travel in Star Trek? What's that called when they like light speed? No, 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 no. Beam, like beam me beam. up, Scotty. Right, I'm waiting for oh. one of the Jedi's to get beamed up to freaking you know Vader's ship or some shit. Right, but <laughs> but it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's 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 good. It's really good. So a lot of the the nostalgia and the excitement of a new Star Wars movie takes over you know and there's a lot of things that i don't see the first time like when you and i saw it in the theater with holden you know it was you watch it the second third time and then you're catching all the easter eggs right uh and you realize uh first off the cameos are just um, unbelievable and and now we're introducing new characters uh and and ben uh solo is just fucking phenomenal mm. um mm. Uh, kylo ren yeah and i love his mm. lightsaber uh, a whiny little right. bitch, so so he fits the bill, right? So there's Skywalker blood in him somewhere. Uh, so they do a perfect job. Uh, Adam Driver as that character is fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, Another person who hated wearing his helmet. Yes, absolutely. And so so the fits that he throws, and then the little the little nuance things. Yeah, yeah. He just he throws a tantrum and he breaks shit. Um, I had an instant soldier moment uh, watching that for the very first time. So when he's destroying the chair after Ray escapes, which uh, the 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 stormtrooper she escapes from is Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she she mind fucks double uh, seven. Like that's amazing to me. Let that sink in, right? 007 got beat by a freaking Jedi girl. That, that, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so 
here goes here goes you know Kylo Ren into a into a fit of rage and he starts destroying the thing. And here are these two little I, I equate them to privates in the army, right? Here come these two little privates on their way to go grab something that their boss told them to get. And this dude like shits flying out of the room and the guy's screaming and they do exactly what privates would do. Like oh shit, they stop and they turn around, they walk the other direction. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Like as a private in the army, I've done that. I don't know how many times. You know what I mean? So it was, it was fantastic. And just those little, little nuanced things. I was really kind of happy to see how they did that and where that went. And I don't feel as though Disney showed up in that episode. They did a great job. Mm. Uh, and right, the episode uh, eight was directed by somebody else, right? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. So I think I, it, which pissed me off because I really wanted to see the same director for all of them. Well, that's the thing. Um, shortly after uh, episode uh, seven, J.J. Um, Abrams said he's like, I and this was before they had casted the next director or anything else. He's like, I hate the fact that I didn't agree to do all three. He hated it. I, rem- I remember that. I remember reading that. He oh, he was so mad. And he's like, because honestly, he's like, I didn't know what to expect. He's like the fact that we're bringing Star Wars back after so long and continuing a particular story. He's like, I didn't know what it was going to do. He's like, at some point, he's like, I was in fear for my career. And he's like, so I was like, I'm going to do one, get out. And then sure enough, as soon as it was it was out, he's like, God, I wish I did all of them. So yeah, do I. Yeah, but, you fuck up Star Wars. I mean, you're 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 done forever. Well, see, even even people had so much to complain about his movie, which. I hear so much hate about Star Wars and it makes my blood boil. Like, like I, I overheard two guys talking about a particular uh, um, directorial decision in, uh, in episode seven and I'm sitting there and I can feel a white hot rage building up <laughs> inside of me. I was like, I have to run away. Otherwise I'm going to slug both of these people in the back <laughs> of their head. Um, and and, and and that's the thing when it comes to Star Wars, I'm like insanely protective. As soon as somebody says something bad about Star Wars, I'm on the defensive. I'm like, okay, we're about to throw down, <laughs> and not not Star Wars knowledge. I'm about to throw fisticuffs, you know. And it just, <laughs> you know, and fight and me, bitch. Like, Luke is real. <laughs> <laughs> but like pulls it, lightsaber with malicious it, intent. Now keep in mind, this well, is the same guy that wouldn't defend me in a bar fight, right? So, uh, <laughs> so this motherfucker's gonna fight people over a movie, but uh, yeah, I'm forced with two big fat guys in a bar and I'm on my own. It just... It, it, nobody's ever gonna be happy. Especially when it comes to like big old fandoms and stuff like that. Nobody's gonna be happy. And my thing is like... There may have been certain decisions and certain um, directions that they had gone with that I may have thought differently or may have wanted something different. But what I got, my Star Wars heart is still super happy about it because here's the thing. They didn't have to make any more. They could have just they literally could have left it. Return of the Jedi would have been the last one. And there are some people who are like, you know what? I would have preferred that. And it's like, nah. For me, I'm like, you make as much Star Wars as you can, and I'm going to eat all of it up. And so far, I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pass on the Jar Jar Binks, though. Oh, they they fucked up with Jar Jar Binks. Uh, but see, uh, Star Wars doesn't see, need the thing, though. no. Star Wars does not need comic <laughs> relief. They don't. They don't need it. They don't need it. They have plenty witty humor. They don't need it. 
So he was a completely like, useless thing. But but we're we're moving we're moving backwards, right? We'll we'll, we'll caveat to Jar Jar in a little bit. Uh, so so Disney, right? We're we're on the Disney thing. We get to episode eight. I want to talk about it because because Mickey Mouse fucking showed up in episode eight. Oh boy, he shows up. And if you haven't seen episode eight, it's been out for years. That's your fault. Spoiler alert at the end. So at the end, what happens? Right here, are these little slave kids playing freaking Jedi, and and their master comes out and yells at them. Uh, so old, this little boy runs outside to go do his chores and he's standing in front of a night sky and he reaches over and he forces a broom into his hand and then he's holding the broom like a lightsaber. All they needed to do at that point was put the little fucking cone hat with the stars on him and a couple ears. The motherfucker's Mickey Mouse, right? <laughs> Mickey Mouse shows up in episode eight and that in fury in the theater, I was pissed off. I was like, fuck you, Disney. Where's J.J. Abrams? <laughs> I can't even. I can't even. I uh, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> um, well, you're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay, so in the theater, when that happened, if you're not paying attention, you miss it. Like, I've talked to people. I'm like, oh, yeah, the whole force thing at the end. They're like, what force thing? And I'm like, you missed it? Oh, and they're like, it was huge. Yeah. I, I think I said something to you about that. Oh, yeah. Like, I like, leaned over and I'm like, that was bullshit. Because Marcus, yeah, no, we talked together in the <sighs> no, theater. See, because that's the thing, though. <sighs> nah, because here's the thing, though. Let's let's just say story wise, all this is true. And the Jedi Order was still around. Chances are that kid wouldn't have been a slave. So the fact that there are now kids stuck in slavery with the ability to become incredible individuals, and he's stuck as a slave. And and, and honestly, it's it's very retrospective to Anakin Skywalker being a slave. He was freed by the Jedi, and the Jedi were slowly on their way back, and it was a sign of, okay, this kid isn't going to be stuck here forever. And so he looked out towards space, had the whole weird lightsaber up thing is because he was on his way. And the fact that I didn't bring him back in the last one made me so mad. It's like, okay, why that in somehow? They did bring him back. He was one of the dead bodies that Kylo Ren killed at Luke's freaking Jedi <laughs> camp, right? <laughs> oh my God. That's terrible. That's amazing. He made uh, a cameo. I mean, he was right there. He's just uh, like, kind of laying out in the awful. ground in the rain. But that's he, awful. He was uh, there, or he became one of the Knights of Ren. You never know. You know. You know what I mean. The, the force goes both ways. But it was it was more the fact that they they took that like they had done a great job up until that point. I feel like I, I was really really pleased with how they maintained it until that specific moment, mm-hmm. and then which led me to have so much. Uh, anxiety about going to see the last one because here's the final story this is it Mm -hmm. this is the last book this is the last chapter this is the last episode man if disney fucks this up i'm gonna be like i'm i seriously i am canceling my subscription to disney plus right now (laughs) no just kidding even though that wasn't a thing (laughs) judgy bitch (laughs) hey when it comes to star wars that's what happened yeah true talk uh so (laughs) 
so that that anxiety sits there and it sits there and it waits and and i i see that they bring jj abrams back so instantly i'm like oh thank god they didn't bring back fucking you know mickey mouse's cousin uh whoever that dude ryan somebody <laughs> ryan johnson yeah which is which is crazy because i've seen another one of his movies i've seen one of his like earlier movies back in like i think it's like 1999 or something like that what movie uh oh god what was the name it was about it's about this kid who like who just like trying to figure out um the brick it's called no it's called brick it's called brick it's about this this missing brick of cocaine that goes missing and these like Ooh. this these teen drug lords it's and we watch it in film studies and i yeah in school yep it was rated r Mr. Yossi. Did we sign a consent form for that? I don't think so. <laughs> and if you did, I don't. Nice. I mean, it wasn't horrible. You know, it's not like there was any nudity. Just, you know, just someone died. And just one person. It's whatever. Just missing a uh, brick of cocaine. Yeah. I'm not too bad. Okay. But, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. It, um, so it was brick, a good brick, movie. Brick also came out in 2005. But, you know. Whatever. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> he was three. <laughs> It was, and it sucks. That was I like that movie. That was a good movie to me. And then Ryan Johnson comes and makes Star Wars movies. And then, then you know, Episode Eight happened, and that whole fiasco. You know, it's like, like it. I have to say, Episode Eight was like probably my least favorite, just because one, I don't like what they did with Luke. They kind of they made him because like. <sighs> <sighs> I don't. I, hang on, hang hang on. On. Let, let him let him finish. So here's here's what they did. They he, so he went from an episode six, basically from from episode five to from the end of episode five to the end of episode six to whole Vader's redemption. He made they made it to where Luke was like he he sensed the good invader. He managed to turn one of the biggest Sith badasses in in Star Wars history, and. And basically turn him over back to the good side. And then he has a nightmare about his nephew and then tries to kill him. Like, like what? It's like you, 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 you know, helped your father come back to the light. And then you try, like, like Vader, Darth Vader, someone who has killed, who has a kill count higher than, you know, most people, like most like planets in the galaxy at this point. And then Kylo Ren who, when he tried to kill him, had a body count of zero. Hadn't killed anybody yet, as far as we know. And then he's like, oh, he had a nightmare. Ignites lightsaber with malicious intent. It's like... It, <laughs> it's, it's just... It's, 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 it's ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't like it. And then, you know... Mm. Go ahead, Josh. You're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just threw his dog across the room. Because <laughs> he's so pissed. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. A Jedi became a hermit and went into hiding. Like, that hasn't happened before? Uh, it hasn't. Yoda uh, and Obi-Wan both did the same thing. They were, they were exiled. They didn't choose. No. Luke was not no. exiled. He he went no, into exile. Obi Wan was an exile. Bullshit, he, dude. He he no. He t- 
totally became another person just to watch out after somebody. But again, was even called a hermit. Okay. But Yoda what else does he went do? into hiding? Everybody, because no, they, they both would. If, if no, because if Luke and Leia, if Luke and Leia aren't born, uh, Obi Wan goes to goes to exile as well. So he just it was it was an opportunity to over to to overwatch the the you know the the spawn of freaking Anakin right it was that was an opportunity and he took advantage of the opportunity otherwise he's hiding with freaking Yoda right and they're they're force chatting you know oh absolutely uh, no way there's no way they would have hidden together force no timing. that's why they're no they're way. force timing that as Marcus just called <laughs> no, it. Anyway. it's like FaceTiming, <laughs> oh, but with geez. the force they talk to each other like, like you know like fucking oh, Ray and, and Ben did yeah, yeah. <laughs> right that was cool that okay. was cool I, I like that who you okay that, that was, shit was, that was, awesome. That was the, awesome dude the fight in episode nine while they're force chatting was fucking legit and the fact that there are right. there are elements that cross over that that time and space fucking window mm-hmm. uh so he like to where he gets to he now he can tell where she is like oh my god mm-hmm. so cool. So cool. I, yeah. I that that had me skeptical the first time it happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, they love each other. No. Oh, this is a romantic connection. No, hate, it was, no, it was way more that. than that. It was way more than that. Oh, there was the romantic connection there, and the smooch. Uh, we got to talk about the smooch. I love anyway. the smooch. I am a fan of the smooch. What? what? Okay. Yep. But yep. Anyway, no. Had no. to happen. Here we go. Back to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> he is so angry right now. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So first, let's. Okay. So him going into exile or putting himself into exile okay we're, we're talking about luke right we're in the yes that, okay that's what he he chose to do that because he was ashamed yes the other two put themselves in exile over survival sure you have to know that luke wasn't a teacher he didn't have an entire lifespan of mentors showing him hey this is how you can instill knowledge so so then he decides hey you know what i think i can i can pass on the jedi knowledge he never finished his training and i think the re- right and i think the reason why it was such an issue with ben was because it was his nephew so so if it was just another student i think he would have been able to handle it okay but the fact that there was a family tie and then i think he had that realization of Maybe Skywalkers are just doomed to fail. I are see doomed the, to go bad. I see the whiny bitch in you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing though. With without him being trained in order to run his own Jedi order, it would make sense that he would have a moment of, okay, if I just kill him, then then I fix the problem. But then here's the thing. He even explains in the movie. He's like, he's like, even that moment of of realizing that he said he was ashamed. He he realized that he had made such the wrong choice, and that Ben looked at him with this absolute terror. Then then he realized that his shame was that much more, and that he had failed everything. And then on top of that, when he finally came to that, his whole order was gone. He was nothing but just just dread and he's like yes i'm i have to put myself into exile and then he goes and then he cuts himself off in the force and becomes farm boy luke skywalker again but then you have ray who comes back and starts poking the bear and and she pulls it out of him and and that whole moment of when ray and uh kylo ren do the whole finger touch and he he 
all he does is say stop and puts his hand out and implodes the shelter they're in with no effort. And this is the one example of Luke Skywalker. If he was 100% in the force, his fucking 100% grade A badass. And well, his his ability is and that that strength of power is demonstrated uh, in the end of uh, same movie episode eight, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Kylo Ren orders everybody to just shoot the shit out of him, and then he's still standing there. Uh, and then oh, and then he goes down. That's cool. And and yeah, the 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 brush off the like the the one sweep of the shoulder, like classic, oh, yeah. classic. Uh. Uh, I heard a, a Jay Z song play in my head when freaking you know, <laughs> like something like when you're feeling like a pimp, brother, go and brush your shoulder off. Like I was like, yeah, that's this motherfucker's bad. Anyway, uh-huh. so so you you see his power because again he he almost uses that same tunnel, that same channel that mm. that Ray and and Kylo use, um, mm-hmm. and and he uses it to. Well, basically to, to delay him enough so the other guys can get away. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he has the power to do that and to to engage that way demonstrates his ability. And the fact that I, I thought it was weird right from the get go when he shows up on that planet and he looks younger. He's clean shaven. Yeah, it was like his beard's all some, brown again. I don't believe they have hair dye in it. Right. Long time well, ago and, in a galaxy and the, far, far away. And everybody missed the main thing. He had his blue lightsaber. Where did he get it? Oh, uh, yeah. It, they, huh. and, I, and the thing is, when he when he showed up, I'm like, oh, please have the green lightsaber. please. And he had the blue one. I'm like, doesn't Ray have that? And so right from the get-go, I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, and like okay, he looks different. He has the blue lightsaber. I'm like, did he make a new one? But I'm like, it looks the same. And it's just... And and the fact that as soon as you realize what's happening, I'm like, oh man! And I was like, I was like freaking out. And and the thing is, he knew Kylo Ren would be so blinded by his hatred for Luke that he he would completely forget about the rest of the rebels. He he'd completely forget about it, which he did until it was too late. And uh, so cool. <laughs> And at that point, if I remember correctly, the um the Skywalker lightsaber, the the, the iconic Skywalker lightsaber, was was broken in half at that yeah. moment because yep. Kylo Ren and Rey tried to like had like a a force they pulled war, it apart and they like yeah. they broke it, which I'm surprised the crystal didn't crack because like I know it's like mm-hmm. it broke like at like the st- like the center of the chassis it didn't break the crystal itself but I'm actually like surprised that the crystal itself didn't break. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, it, it was just, uh, Yeah, it was again there there was definitely some directions that they took with that episode that I um not that I not that I hated by any means but it's like I probably would have done it differently or I would have I would have um honestly my biggest complaint was that they killed uh Admiral Akbar and didn't even say anything. Yep. That was the one thing that made me more mad than anything else. He survived the freaking he survived the Death Star attack. Like he, oh boy, had a good doesn't, run. It was time for him to go. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They should have had some kind of thing. But anyway, it again. There, there's definitely decisions made that that 
if they had gone another direction, I think that that would have been fine. Um, I'm not going to boycott a movie because of the situation. My buddy, the, my buddy Corey almost did though, and, and you know what it was? It was so you know when they're in pursuit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the freaking Katy Perry moment that Princess Leia has flying back to the ship, right? <laughs> like, no, seriously, the song Firework mm-hmm. played in my head. <laughs> did, did, like, baby, you're a firework. Right? That, that was playing in my head when I'm watching her fly through space back to the ship. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It was the lasers. Oh, no. The lasers in space that were arcing. You know, they were firing the lasers and they would arc and then they would hit the shield in the on the far end, you know, because they were just out of range. Mm-hmm. Like... To me, that wasn't even a thing, but like Corey went on this this whole crazy physics kick about how that's not a thing. And, uh, anyway, space doesn't have art anyway, but it was like little details like that. You know, that was that was another thing mm-hmm. where I was like, yeah, OK. In hindsight, you see that it was like, wow, that's weird. Like, you right. Know, oh, same. her getting that, sucked out that... in the vacuum of space and not dying and being able to force her way see, back in. I, but the arc in lasers a... bothers you. Right. See. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people who do have a problem with uh, the whole Princess Leia and flying through space. And here's the thing. I don't think that wouldn't have been as big of an issue if if they would have hinted that she had force abilities or at least stronger force abilities in Force Awakens. Even just something. Even if it was like a quick little move something with the force kind of thing. Just something to imply that Yes, she's a Skywalker. Also, she has she has this ability. So the fact that, that you drop the bomb on everybody that she has some of some force capabilities after she gets sucked out of a ship that just blew up, uh, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, to each their own. Um, it, but honestly, one of the one moments that made me the happiest. Well, actually, no, two moments out of all three of the newest movies that made me happy was in uh, Force Awakens when they um, they referred to the Millennium Falcon as garbage because they you have Ray and uh, Ray and Finn running by. He's like, oh, what about that one? She's like, no, that one's garbage. And then the ship blows up. Like, okay, the garbage will do. They That'll turn do. around. Here's the fucking Millennium Falcon. Falcon. I was yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like bouncing in my chair. Like that moment, <laughs> even if I watch it now. I still get stupid happy about that. Like I'm sitting there, like I got a grin, you know, from one ear to the other. And then, um, uh, that part, ah, crap. What's the other one? Holy crap. I just totally lost it. Cause that, that part makes me so happy. Oh yeah. It's the, the flashback with Luke Skywalker and princess Leia training. That was so cool. And you see a young Skywalker, you know, Luke fighting with Leia. And I'm like, that's like, that's like expanded oh, that's universe stuff. Rise of yeah, that's, that's in the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's in rise of Skywalker. Right. But it was, and, and honestly, I wanted that moment to last longer because I just thought it was so cool. I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm watching. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm and the, and the greatest thing about it. And this is more of a behind the scenes thing is, um, at this point, Carrie Fisher had passed away, so she obviously she couldn't do anything for that scene. The stand-in double was her daughter. Yes, who who which I in, thought was awesome. Did, who's I in the movie? Yeah, no, she's she's yeah. in. Yeah, uh, the last she, two, eight and nine. No, I think she's in. I think she's in all three. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's a small part, but she's still it, there. It, well, it's can't, but it's she's yeah. Be, you're right because in uh in the in she's the the little girl with the headset behind the freaking computer screen. Uh, mm-hmm. on yeah. the and. and uh, so she's in that's episode eight she's in episode nine i i don't remember if it, it, remember seeing her in seven it's it's super it's super brief and yeah. she's like and she's mostly just a background character so i i thought that was great that she she provided that body double for that i'm like that's so cool okay. so yeah a lot of a lot of little yeah. a little easter eggs there and it, you know i think they finished it mm-hmm. i think they finished it well um i there were some people that were were fussy, I, but people are going to be fussy about anything, you know. That's just nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's going to be. Pleased. No, no, and that's and that's yeah. fine, you know. I but I was I was pleased the revelation, and this this was one of the coolest things about episode nine. The revelation, also warning, we're about to give you away some shit. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, again, it's been out forever. It's your fault. It's on um, Disney Plus. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, the right. revelation. You can see it for free. The revelation that Ray is a Palpatine. Mm. is it is so nondescript and non-dramatic and not it is just a statement and then the action continues and the fact that almost everybody missed it mm. they're so drawn by the action and the sequence that's going on around there that they failed to absorb the information she's a sith Holy shit! She is she is dark side fucking genetic material. Mm-hmm. How are we just gonna? You know, there's that that soundbite on TikTok of uh, oh, what's his name? Who's the the short actor? Um, uh, oh shit! Comedian guy. Brand, uh... No. Um, oh, you're not gonna. You're not just gonna walk past that. You're not gonna just mention that and not say anything. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. If you're not on TikTok, you might not get it. It's um, I I'll think, think of, he's in Jumanji. He's the little guy in Jumanji. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Jesus Christ. Um, oh wait, just, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a, a minute. minute. You ain't just gonna walk past that. First of all, we're not gonna speed past that again and say what you just said. Yeah, like, like that was that was one of the big things. It was like, oh shit. Um, she's a she's a Palpatine. I talked to one of my friends about it, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Talking, it goes. Oh yeah, when 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 you found out Ray was a Palpatine, you know, I was I was I was shocked. And he goes, Ray's Ray's a Palpatine? And I go, yeah, yeah, you you missed that? He's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't I didn't I didn't hear that at all in the movie. And I oh, then geez. I then sent him a clip of the scene. And they go, please, for the love of God, pay attention to the scene. <laughs> and Kylie took Kyler and like, oh, you're his granddaughter. And then he calls me. He goes. He's like he's probably screaming at his voice, like, "Oh, what the, what the fuck? Oh my god!" Da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, yeah, like the 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 lightning now makes sense. Mm-hmm. The the force lightning when when she when she did when she mm-hmm. thought she killed Chewbacca that kind of makes sense now. Yeah. Anyway, it well it 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 would make us sense to uh, those of us who don't dive into canon right because the only other time that we have seen that is at the fingertips of bad guys so there's the easter egg yes it's it's definitely the indicator that you are not a good guy or your your heritage is not a good guy right and up to this point her draw to the dark side is just because she's well she wants to know she's fitting in the bill well she's fitting in the bill of of a of a whiny confused jedi which 
You know what I mean? Like she's just kind of falling into mm-hmm. that role. You, so so they mask it pretty well. The fact that she's she's not a good person. Mm-hmm. And Ben's the good guy. And, so weird. so I I still remember the the first trailer for uh, Rise of Skywalker. And I'm watching it, and that last few seconds when you see a ruined Death Star in the ocean, I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then they 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 cap it off with the the, the laugh, laugh of the Emperor. I was I'm like, getting chills oh. like just talking about. It. I I oh. I saw that trailer, and I I immediately sent it to to my to my dad, and I was like, I was like, we need to watch this. <laughs> I was so excited because I I thought like I thought. I thought the way I thought they're, they're um, that they're bringing back Palpatine. I was like, "This is going to be awesome. This is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going." Oh yeah, yeah. It it was definitely a. I think it was a great. Uh, it was a great opportunity that they that they took. And the funny thing is, um, before it came out, um, the summer before it came out, uh, I had taken my son to a Star Wars celebration in Chicago. When it was the first time I had gone to one, it was his first time. So it, that by itself was awesome. Um, we happened to be there during the, uh, the Ian McDermott uh, panel where he was in a big conference room and they were talking. And so we didn't we didn't go in the panels because that kind of stuff for Ian is not going to be exciting for me. I'm like, Ooh, I would love to sit in there and listen to these people talk all day. But so I I stopped for a second. I'm like, hey, I wanna I wanna watch this because they had it on TV. And I'm watching it. And so he's talking. He's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, so when that when I was approached by it, he's like, I was kind of confused because like, how would you do that? And he's like, yeah, they said, yeah, come in, you know, do it. It'll be a laugh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the way they introduced it was the, he had a laugh. And I'm like, that's awesome. But it just uh, – and a part of why they went that direction was because J.J. Abrams said, okay, I, I don't want to ignore what happened in The Last Jedi but I have to somehow not make up for it, but continue in a way that makes sense the events that happened. Because he's like, you know, some directors would just completely ignore the last film and just basically do whatever they want. And so the fact that he was trying to be respectful of a colleague and the decisions they had made, he's like, okay, I have to somehow now, I have to back that up. He's like, granted, he's like, if the original story I had in mind, he's like, if if I had done all three, chances are all three Star Wars, or at least the last two, would have been completely different. Which a part of me is in, intrigued by what that would have been, but I mean, like, you know what? I still like what I got, and I'm not going to complain about it. Um, so the fact that he was trying to maintain the directions that they had had already made, um, I found to be awesome. I I agree. Uh, and it that goes into a, a big uh, theater improv thing, right? Accepting the information and then continuing on the yes and, right? And and even though now it, you know he he definitely took the the little star hat and Mickey Mouse ears off the kid and went back to to being some cool shit. But uh, mm. I'm just saying that to piss you off, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll punch a wall later. Yeah. <laughs> disgustingly passively aggressive of you yeah but no it was it was it was good and then and then to have ben and ray you know join forces at the end and fight um and all the the that whole sequence at the end with 
with Leia leaving, although she leaves earlier. So, uh, Ugh, that destroyed me. Yeah. Can we go? I want to take a, a step back for just a second and talk about Carrie Fisher. Um, because she was in a ton of movies. She played a lot of different roles, but she would never be anything but Princess Leia to me ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, witty, uh, even, even in her older age, uh, where she got a little, a little Debbie Reynolds ish cause Debbie Reynolds is her mom, right? She, right. she started having some, some tendencies, uh, the Debbie Reynolds thing. And, um, it was, it was still the princess to the point where, and, and I, I talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it often enough to where, uh, the day she died, I was actually, I was, I was in a class, I was teaching and my phone starts going crazy mm-hmm. and, and it is all of my friends, uh, who know my, you know, they, they know my, my, my star Wars tendency, Corey, um, even Ty, uh, a bunch of folks like sent me text messages and they all said the same thing. They all said mm-hmm. the princess has died. Mm-hmm. And, well, and that was, you know, it, and it, it was, it was, it was the mm-hmm. death of my, you know, mm-hmm. uh, real princesses. I guess that Diana would be the only one that I've been alive for that it's passed. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, she was an actual right. princess, but I don't fucking whatever. Right. You know, Princess Leia yeah. dying was was a thing. You know, yeah. and that was well, like um, in Force Awakens, right in the beginning, um, there's a line that it perfectly portrays how most Star Wars fans think of Carrie Fisher, where. Um, Poe refers to her as the general and at this point you don't I don't think they said her name so you're not sure who it is and then the old guy he's talking to he's like you may know her as a general but to me she's royalty she's royal oh, I was like oh my god but I have never openly cried at a Star Wars movie oh but let me tell you why are we talking the, about this the, <laughs> you're an asshole the moment that because it starts with Ben realizing that she's gone and you see it. I'm like, Oh no. I'm like, this is about to get rough. It wasn't her dying. That made me sad. It was the way Chewbacca had a meltdown. Oh my gosh. Like my soul broke at that moment. He like, and my thing is when Han Solo died, he, he got angry because you know, his best friend had died. He got angry and he yelled and then shot Ben in a reaction. And at this point, you have to assume that Chewie knew Ben as Ben. He had to have seen him grow up. So the fact that in a rage, he shot him was 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 mind-blowing. But then when he hears that Leia died, he broke down. <sighs> I'm getting emotional talking about it. I, no shit tears um, oh, in, yeah. in the theater uh, for at episode seven. Because they cut to a scene uh, once they all come back and they're all processing what happened. And they fucking made Chewbacca cry. The the yeah. the strongest, then- most powerful creature in the universe is sitting in a room by himself in tears. And I... Fuck Ooh. you, Disney. I was so... <laughs> like, because... It it broke me. It literally broke. Just just and mm. and I'm not talking about like oh misty eyes. No, there was fucking water running down oh, my face. Ug- like ugly and, crying. And <laughs> and in a Star Wars movie, right? And of course, at the time, we're not. We I think we were we were in Yuma. Yep. 
So we're surrounded by a bunch of snowbirds who have no emotion whatsoever anyway. A um, bunch of old people from Canada. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Canada. Not not personal. Not personal. Um, this particular audience had no emotion. Anyway, um, you know, realizing how big of a thing that was. And then yeah. when, when you saw it again in episode nine... It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't his sorrow. It was, it was him. Uh, and I, I think you were the one that said it the best, Josh. Uh, Cause you and I talked about this the day we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was, it was him reacting to the fact that there was nobody left. He was the last legacy he was character. It. Nobody's yep. left. He's the last one. So, and now his entire people has gone. So he's now, he's now connected to, this other group of humans who aren't even his his species, no. his creature, whatever he is, you know what I mean? They're not Wookiees. And he's become a part of them, and now they're gone as well. So he has yeah. lost everything twice, and it's just an absolute just fall apart. Yeah. And, like, so as soon as that happens, I am instantly tears. Instantly. And, and so I'm already upset. And uh, my son was sitting next to me. He put his hand on my hand. He was like, Dad, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay, buddy. I'm okay. <laughs> and but then they immediately Shut up, kid. go There's to a Wookie crying. Right. <laughs> well, but then they immediately go to Kylo Ren, who is still sitting in the realization that his mom's dead. And then you hear Han Solo say, Hey kid. I was like, No, no, don't make this worse. And they did. Oh, they made it so much worse. And my ugly already ugly crying turned into quiet sobbing because I didn't want to like ruin everything for everybody else around me. But like, I'm just sitting there and they have this moment of that's very reminiscent of uh, force awakens. And sure enough, at this point, obviously you can't kill him. <laughs> you know, he, he, that's when he makes the decision. Hey, um, it's, it's time to go back to my good side roots. And then he dons his good guy sweater and goes and saves the day. There's a video on the and then there. and did you did you catch the um you know the point where he's fighting the Knights of Ren and then Ray does that quick little transference of uh, force stuff and he has a lightsaber yep. that little shrug that he does very reminiscent of Harrison Ford's shrug in Return of the Jedi so cool because. <laughs> Right when they take over the shield generator, oh, all the guys the run out of the shield generator, and he runs, he yeah. runs in front of it. They turn around, and he goes like this, and just oh, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Oh. Yeah, oh, it's so amazing. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go out back after the watch everything again today, just to just to kind of because <sighs> talking about it is just is that you know. So many good memories, and uh, so some of them, and and that's uh, to kind of what we started talking about initially, you know, two hours ago now, um, was uh, for those if you're still uh, on par with us, congratulations. Um, but the <laughs> but what we started talking about was the the connection it has had to our family, and and that's what I think is so so amazing is that it's just a weird science fiction movie at the end of the day that's what it is um that that's it, it's a science fiction movie that became a movement that became a thing right um but mm-hmm. some of my earliest childhood memories 
are centered around this story. Mm. You know? And I and and the interesting part of that was we we grew up in the church, right? So Bible stories were told every day. Um, I've probably mm. forgotten most of those. Uh, but the memories of my childhood, a, a lot of that, my young childhood, a lot of them center around this particular story. And so when a story has that kind of impact on your life outside of the, you know, what it does, it, it, it transcends basically, right? The, you know, it goes from being just a stupid movie to something with a little bit more uh, value and moral based, which is weird. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm a, a member of the church of Star Wars, right? That's not a thing. <laughs> I don't worship freaking, uh, you know, right? The, the force there, is in a... there, there are though, but <laughs> there is. Yes. Yes. And I'm not criticizing those people. But I mean, hey, <laughs> believe in something, whether it's Luke and Leia or Jesus or Mohammed, whatever. I have a belief system. That's great. You do you boo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but like those vivid childhood memories come back and, and uh, I, so I was in the theater for the original showing of Return of the Jedi. Mm. So when it first came out in the theaters, I we went. And I remember, I don't remember feeling or thinking anything about the movie. Well, I take that back. The Ewoks. Man, I fucking love those little fuckers. It was my birthday cake that year. No no kidding. Like, my, like I had an Ewok birthday nice. cake that had like Wicket and the little other dude in it. Had this little thing. It was, anyway. Um, so, uh, but I re, what I remember is a... Uh, Luke and uh, Vader fight. Uh, so good. In no, no, no. In person, in front of the theater before the movie started. Oh, dang. So there were there were there were actors dressed up as as Vader and and Luke Skywalker, and they had a lightsaber battle in the front of the theater before the movie even started. You know, so I I was I was in the presence of unbelievable nerds uh having an unbelievable nerd moment and and to me it was just one of those things i I remember the fight that they had before the movie even started you know and that was like it just one of those things as as a memory that will just forever sit there and and to see it you know the value of it uh where where you know how how where it comes from and how it gets to that point and then to have you know my my son uh be a a twice as big of a nerd as i am because he he dips into the the canon stuff that you do and I, I you've watched all the clone wars and rebels and all that stuff oh, oh clone, wars, so clone wars rebels i refuse to watch resistance age of resistance or whatever it's called that series i refuse to watch that because mm. that does not look interesting at all um it's it's definitely geared towards a younger market yeah. for sure for sure that that if Clo- you want if you want to talk about Disney that's that's full Disney right there. Oh, for sure. Um, Clone Wars couldn't have gotten any better, especially oh. that last oh. season. Oh my gosh! That so when, oh, when we were so talking good. when we were talking about the Vader hallway scene, I kept on drawing like points to the Darth Maul hallway scene, like when Vader lifts somewhat that dude in that rebel in the air and hits the ceiling. Maul did the same thing to a clone trooper, and. Mm. I know, like I love Vader. Vader is was one is one was one of my favorite, you know, Sith lords. After that scene, Darth Maul became my favorite because what he did, he was blocking the blaster fire with those like with those pallets. He decapitated a couple clone troopers with that metal sheet, and then he force pulls a a clone trooper's hand 
as the door is closing and from that scene i just got like mandalorian vibes from when the, like in the very first episode of the mandalorian when mando <laughs> grabs yes. the guy holds him at the door and then shh, gets cut then the guy gets cut in half oh yeah and then so when it, when that arm comes off i i i'm sitting there thinking oh my god um first of all <laughs> and and i every time somebody says it's a kid show I, I always point to that scene and many other scenes where, like, especially where Darth Maul cuts off Pre Vizsla's head. And basically just, like, any time Darth Maul has gone full savage. And he's like, oh, Clone Wars oh, yeah. is a kid's show. Oh, observe. And then just watch. And then <laughs> I send him a video of all of those clips. And then I go, do you really think, like, a kid's sh- – do you really think a kid's show would, would show all this? Like, n- no. Well – because when it first came out, it that that's what their audience was geared towards. You, but then after like the first or second season, they realized they're like, okay, our major audience right now are adults, and they're like these these are grown people who love this story. And and I think a part of why is because um, the guy behind it, uh, David Fillion, he loves Star Wars. Mm-hmm. His life passion is Star Wars. During the Clone Wars series. His the two chairs responsible for that was him in one, George Lucas in the other. Mm-hmm. So the fact that George Lucas was finally be able to do whatever he wanted because it was an animated show. So I mean, you you don't have to worry about special effects or stuff looking fake because it's all fake. But you you do what you want, and then they honestly they redeemed Darth Maul in the Clone Wars series mm-hmm. with how he was displayed in uh, Episode One. And they made him this very dynamic, ever-present character. And he was just – he was this phantom through the whole series and uh, so, so many good choices with that. So, so many. So – but but we see him again. In Rebels. And Well, no, 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 no. Oh, he, I didn't watch any of that. Yeah, so We see him and we hear him. In oh, yeah. solo, and I don't think that that's mm-hmm. not that's intentional. There were there oh, yeah. there was a plan for that. So and I, and I'm not I'm not in on the the you know the the dark web rooms of Star Wars uh, you know theory and shit. So uh, you have to forgive me if there's been a connection already. But I believe I believe we will see him again. And he looked, live action. He oh. looked a little bit different. He looked oh, different. Yeah. Haggard, beaten. Um, he by that point in time in the storyline, he's had so much like you know so much crap go on with them. Like when they bring him back in the Clone Wars, when he fell down, when Obi Wan cut him in half, he fell down, and basically the dark side of the Force kept him alive. His anger and, and rage. And he fashioned him, he fashioned robot legs for himself, but they were like spider legs, and he had gone crazy. So Same. when his brother finds him. He's this demented. His horns are super grown out. He's got these spider legs. I mean, like, he was messed up. And then throughout the rest of that series, they brought him back. And sure enough, you now have a methodical, evil, um, brilliant use of a character. Oh, it was so good. Sam Witwer. Oh, so good. Sam Witwer as the voice of Darth Maul. And also Brilliant. the the player mo- like the the player model of Star Killer, like oh, I yeah. 
I only the, found that out Force like Unleash games. Yeah, I only found that out like a couple like like a year or two ago. I was like, holy, like, oh, holy yeah. crap! Sam Witwer, Galen Merrick, Star Killer is is the voice Darth of Darth Maul, and and I don't know if he was the voice of Maul in in Solo. It sounded a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the one of the greatest things they did in the last season of Clone Wars was the fight between him and Ahsoka, like the big fight. The mocap fight. They brought they brought back Ray Park, who was the original stunt actor for Darth Maul. And they brought back all very similar choreography and like like I remember watching that fight and I'm like I'm like my heart is racing right now because there's something about this fight that is unreal and it was it was amazing and I, re- I remember as soon as that fight was over um i have a buddy who who watches that i i texted him like did you watch this yet he's like dude that fight was incredible he's like i love that fight i've watched it four times already <laughs> like so, holy crap but it was oh it was amazing and um so if you notice and like like the reason why i appreciate the reason why I, like everybody loved this fight I'm, I'm guessing is because in every other fight in the clone wars it's always like choppy it's always like it's like one second they're like they're blocking another second they're slashing it's not like it's not like one fluid motion it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're cutting between scenes almost with yeah. a little bit of animation in between and this one mm-hmm. everything is so smooth like the lightsaber like the lightsaber like with the, the way the blade looks when it's moving it like it's it's almost like you know it's almost like you're you watching a live action like lightsaber like a lightsaber yeah. fight and then you know the um Ahsoka her her character arc from when she first arrived in the Clone Wars movie to the end of season seven, I mm. loved it. Ahsoka oh, is, yeah. is my favorite female Jedi. She was, oh, she's sh- she's she, showing up for Mandalorian. You I'm, be ready for I'm that. so Ooh. excited. I'm so oh. Boba Fett uh, with the guy who played Jango Fett. I'm I'm so hyped for all of that. Every like character there are gonna be there might be characters in like in Rebels that are gonna show up in that, and I'm so yeah. excited. Well, shit. Rebels, uh, characters from Rebels were um, were in Rise of Skywalker, and it's it's very subtle. But that moment when Lando shows up in that final fight, and then all of those ships the show ghost, up. You I watch, saw the ghost. Yep, the ghost is right behind the Millennium Falcon. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, dude!" And then you see it like three more times. I'm like, "Yeah, they're there." Mando, uh, Mando's ship yep. is in there somewhere. Uh, the Mandalorian, his ship is in there somewhere. Nice and oh. I, I, I was so hyped. I saw oh. and Chopper is actually in Rogue One. If you look hard yep. enough, you could see him in Rogue yep. One, and it oh, was it's, so cool. it's awesome. And I'm excited to see for what they do with the live action Ahsoka Tano. I I, I want to see like oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Rosario Dawson, right? I think so. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Good call. I'm. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Um, and Sabine yeah. Wren. I'm. Yep. I I, I, well, I really want to see her like in flat well, action. Well, because from what I understand and what I've been reading, they're going to continue her arc at the end of Rebels, where she goes off to find Ezra, and that's her that's her show is her finding Ezra, which I think is amazing. That that will be if they do it right, and if Mandalorian is any indication about how they will do the rest of these live action shows, 
I am so ready. <laughs> it just, oh. And I can't something wait. about Ezra Bridger, it it kind of reminds me, like in some weird way, it kind of reminds me of, like like a mix of Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker. And his lightsaber is mm-hmm. kind of the same way. Because if you look at his lightsaber mm-hmm. design, and then you look at, you know, Luke's lightsaber design and Anakin's lightsaber design, it's his light, like Ezra's lightsaber is almost like a mix of the two because you have the base mm-hmm. of, of you know, Luke's and then you have the top with that little like kind of slit that's like, that's reminiscent of Anakin's like Padawan lightsaber before it got broken and or like, you know, kind of Darth Vader's lightsaber, which technically mm-hmm. he's still Anakin Skywalker. And, you know... I I kind of I I was like that that that's really interesting, and mm-hmm. you know like, I was drawing connections to like, to everything everything like like Ezra's kind of pull to the dark side when he first like had that big like creature come up and try to fight the Grand Inquisitor, like I don't remember what those were called mm-hmm. like, like I was like oh yeah oh this guy must be strong if he can get something like that to like, to come out. And I'm not gonna say oh, he's yeah. I'm not gonna say he's stronger than you know Luke or anything, but I say he would he would I feel like he would go toe toe to toe with him. Well, that's the thing, um, Ezra. Um, it, at least it, when you get into more canon stuff, um, there were there was a particular, not not a strain, but a particular group of Jedi where they had a much stronger connection with the Force that was involved in nature. So the fact that he was able to understand animals through the forest and stuff like that, he was a part of that. Or he would have essentially, if he had joined the the actual Jedi Order when it was still going, he very much would have been a part of that group where he would have probably been sent on disputes on um, planets that were very um, indigenous, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but where like it's very alien based and you know stuff like that. And and they did a very good job of showing his connection with the natural sense of the force. Right. That's and again with that with that's how they brought in those uh those light speed aliens or what the hell those things were. Oh man. Those are awesome. <laughs> that was something that, those oh, like so cool. those like squid whale things, those are awesome. Yeah, there were basically there's space whales that space. travel in light speed. It was <laughs> so cool. It was it was amazing. And Thrawn's yeah. Thrawn's end. He was, was brilliant. Thrawn was an amazing villain. Yes, I they I love they him. could not have played that character any better. He's he 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 was uh, like he was a mix of Vader and Tarkin. He was feared, mm-hmm. but he was also like methodical. He he was a soldier. He was a soldier that people feared almost as more, almost as much as Vader. He he predicted every single move that the Ghost Crew made. Uh, everything uh, he was, everything he just he was on he was on the dot with it. He was like, oh, they're gonna oh, come yeah. back for this, and what do you know? They came back for this. Like, oh, we have a oh, plan yeah. for this, and somehow they escaped. Yep. And something I will stand by: the most emotional scene in that entire series was the death of Kanan Jarrus. Ugh. If I I will stand and say that scene was more emotional than anything I have ever seen. I have never okay. cried, even with the whole Chewbacca thing you guys were talking about. I didn't cry at that. I almost cried when Kanan Jarrus died. I I, I was I, I was damn near in tears. Well, with the whole thing with with Chewie, that was I have a 
a stronger connection with him because he's been around since the beginning. Right. And so there was this, there was a sense of Chewie's legacy that kind of destroyed me in that moment. But with levels, it was, it was, there was, it was a definite emotional um, reaction because, you know, he was, he was such a cool character and he had such a, an arc and a uh, awesome personality that he just, and, and in that moment, the fact that he he was able to get everybody to safety with the with the big sacrifice of himself was uh, it was amazing, I, amazing. I um, mm. Maul in that series, because at that point he's not because at this point he's not Darth Maul. He's he's just Maul. Um, mm-hmm. He at that moment he's he's called at that point. He, I'm pretty sure he's called like the the Phantom or the Shadow. Mm-hmm. So he he's definitely he's definitely not seen as in like an official Sith anymore. People still refer to him as that just because that's how they know him. He's he's he almost goes like to the extent of being like just this weird uh, a weird bad guy that everybody wants to get at. And right. yeah. He was like, he was again, they they made decisions in these series that will never die. Like the Thrawn uh arc in Rebels. I mean, that dude was done brilliantly. Um uh uh Darth Maul in uh, both Rebels and Clone Wars couldn't have done it any better. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have messed it up if even if they tried. Like if they tried to make him more evil or try to make him more like well, good, I feel like they would have messed him up. He was like a, he is a perfect yeah. character. Because he's not, so he's oh, yeah. not on like a side. He's he's not he's not helping the Jedi. He's not helping the Sith. He's helping himself. He's helping himself mm. and his brother until you know Sidious comes in, kills him. Um, right. And it's just it's 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 just something I find interesting because Maul, like in the first when you see him in the first episode, you think like you think oh man this is. I've never seen this guy before. I this is like this is a new character. This is you know someone that's like someone that's you know new and interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the double bladed lightsaber, you, I I freaked out when I first saw it because <laughs> I I have never seen anything like it. So I was I was sitting there right. when I first saw it. I, I think my brother had got it on disc. I popped it in. I watched it. I saw the double bladed lightsaber. I was jumping in my seat. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And from that moment, I was obsessed with his lightsaber because I had never seen that before. Um, and and then you know, gets cut in half, and mm. um, you know, it just it, it then he you know he he dies, quote mm. dies. Um, yeah. And and you know you think oh well that's the end of that character that sucks I really wish there was more you know more for yeah. him and then Clone Wars comes in hey he's alive kind of insane but you know alive and then you know mm-hmm. the whole redemption arc he not redemption but you know he comes back to his to his old self and you know mm-hmm. and then i i loved it maul was i i will stand and say maul was well maul was like my favorite dark side user my one mm-hmm. my favorite my favorite dark sider he always will and i think <laughs> i think we'll change that anymore Nice. So, so listening to this interchange, it's been kind of fun because I have no fucking clue what either one of you are talking about. <laughs> and, but, but the conversation was wonderful. I wanted to keep it going. So, uh, I, I think this is you're seeing this this really cool transition from 
the old school Star Wars uh, that I know and love uh, with this whole new mixture of the story as it continues into uh, a different media, like the animated medium uh, with Rebels and, you know, uh, the Clone Wars and all that stuff. And that's really, that's awesome because now I've, you know, here's that, it's still Star Wars, you know, Um, but now it's in a medium that engages uh, the audience of today versus the audience of, you know, 1987, you know, so which goes to the, you know, how this is just a, it's more than just a a story. You know what I mean? Like this is a, a, I mean, franchises, I guess uh, it's more than that though. You know, it, it has a presence across the generations now. You know, mm-hmm. um, my grandparents, your great grandparents, looking at my son here, you know, uh, know what Star Wars is. Uh, my kids uh, and and we're in that age where uh, grandkids are a possibility. You know what I mean? Like like so that's a span of like five generations that will have some sort of connection to this story. Mm. And shit it ain't slowing down. It's still going to go like that's. Which is oh, yeah. which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, there's more movies in the works. Uh, I'm excited uh, for that. I don't know how I feel about that. High Republic. <laughs> I'm excited. That's what it's called, the High Republic. Oh yeah, they're 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 starting to go way back. They're they're going height of Jedi, and it's oh, oh it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm I'm just so hoping excited. we get to see like I'm hoping we get to see young Yoda, not like you know like Episode One Yoda, like young young Yoda. Uh, yeah, you're see, playing like, with you're playing with fire, me, though. Yeah, see, like a part of me, it would be in in a way would be excited to see that, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, if if you're about to make a Star Wars jump and you want to start something brand new for a new generation, leave the old stuff out. Start fresh. Start. So if you want to bring people in. Start with something that they don't have to know a billion different things to to love it and to get into it. You know, basically independent stories along a storyline. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Micah. So Micah, he does not like Star Wars, like the traditional Star Wars. Like Micah is my other son. Right. Uh, He from so episode one to episode nine, he hates it, does not like it at all. But he has gone on record with me saying that he loves the Mandalorian. He oh yeah. Saying it's like, oh yeah, Mandalorian was such a good was such a good show. I I'm I'm excited for the no for the next season. And it's I, a Western in space. Right. And I got I, I was confused. Not, not the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like confused. Cause when he said that to me, I I looked at him with with the most like confused like look at my face. I was like, "What? Huh? You No, see, what? I get it though. I get this, it. This is the way, but it's well, no, like okay, so <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, like you, you the fact that the traditional Star Wars stuff has such a legacy and has such a following and such a such a presence by itself that people are automatically judged whether they like it or not so so the fact that he doesn't like it chances are there's about 10 people he's gonna super piss off he's a real asshole (laughs) can't confirm so but but the thing is with mandalorian they created 
a universe and they created a story that doesn't require you to know anything else. If you didn't know Star Wars is a thing and you come across Mandalorian, it's a badass sci-fi show. That's all you would need to know. All you would need to know. Because it has enough strength to stand on its own, whether it's actually Star Wars or not. Now, being a Star Wars fan and seeing all this stuff inside it and all these Easter eggs and all these potentials for story development, knowing what the Star Wars universe has in it, you definitely have a different kind of excitement for it. But for people who are not Star Wars fans, like I know a couple of people who just started watching the original Star Wars, but love Mandalorian. They're, they're not crazy about the movies, but they're thinking Mandalorian's the shit, which I agree, Mandalorian is the shit. Mm-hmm. But because it stands on its own, it, it doesn't require anything else simply because it's a sweet show and it's so well done. And, and the people who make it care about it. They want it to be an experience. They want it to be something that, that anybody can just jump into. And for the most part, you can. You don't have to know anything else about Star Wars to enjoy Mandalore. So, and uh, to kind of go back to your your, you know, we were talking about having Yoda come in, right? Uh, where where that happens is that we've already gotten a picture of Yoda uh, in his prime in Episode Two, when him and mm-hmm. in Duco, you know, Duco have their their go their throwdown. So if there is a presence there. And we see a young Yoda. It needs to be in a ten-second clip, like we saw the young Vader in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And and that needs to be it. I, that needs to be it. Because if they if they go, because my fear is that they're going to play off of the baby Yoda shit from fucking Mandalorian, <laughs> right? Oh, because it's a, he's cute and he's got the Force and he's this cute little baby Yoda from Mandalorian. It's not. Right. It's the child. I know it's not Yoda, right? But, right, right, right. But you know. I, I, I hope that the the market value of Baby Yoda doesn't bleed into the 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 other movies, right? So now you've got right. Baby Yoda, you've got Teenager Yoda. No, don't fucking do right. that. Just, and and back to more so to reinforce your your position. I, and I totally agree with you. Let it stand on its own. It needs to be its own thing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, another an independent story along the storyline uh, because oh, for sure. I mean, it's a fucking universe. There's billions yeah. and billions of people and creatures and force everywhere so uh, there's got to be other stories to tell so oh for sure i'm, I'm all for about sure. that all right gents uh i think i think it's time i think it is time unless we have a subject or a topic that we have grossly missed and we need to discuss i don't think so that i have a connection so like like so if you notice like this will be the last thing i talk about um, cause I haven't really been doing a lot of talking in this for like, so in, um, in, in the whole, the sequel trilogy, the Ben's arc, he starts as a bad guy. So the second one, he kind of teeters a little bit. And then the third one, he's, he, he turns from, from bad to good. And I made a connection earlier this week. Like that is the complete opposite of, of Anakin Skywalker. And, and if you think, cause like, he, because Ben Solo, he idolizes Darth Vader. And so, Anakin Skywalker, who everybody knows now as Darth Vader, like, he he's kind of doing the opposite of what, you know, Anakin Skywalker did. Because in the first, in the in Phantom Menace, Anakin Skywalker was pure, good, evil. 
not evil, um, pure good, sorry, um, and he, you know, he was, he was good, he was good, and good kid, and second one kind of teetered when he killed the, all those, the, the village of Tusken Raiders, and then in Revenge of, Revenge of the Sith was good, then at the end was bad. Depending on what versions of the prequel movies you watch, if you watch like special editions or uncuts, there's a lot of instances, especially with like kid Anakin, where there are there are there are pieces shown of Anakin's um, fickle spirit to where he could very easily make the jump to being a bad guy. And and again, that's those little details they dis, they decided to to get rid of. Um, why I have no idea. But well, I mean, Yoda Yoda calls it out right there from the get go, and they're like, "Yeah, he's too old oh, to yeah. begin the training." Well, well, that was horseshit. That wasn't why. Like they 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 knew that there was there was some weird shit going on in there. I mean, and and there was preface yeah. to that before the, the even before the movie came out because one of the movie posters, it's one of the the iconic. Uh, you know, Star Wars pictures is uh, the the a picture of little kid Anakin uh, standing on on mm-hmm. Tatooine somewhere, and his shadow that that's being cast by the Vader. sun is Darth Vader. Brilliant so, marketing! Oh God, that was brilliant. But but I mean, it's there. Like that's that's mm-hmm. so well because because you knew it. It was gonna you knew it was gonna happen because at this point in time you knew. Anakin Skywalker was going to make that transition. So, and and again, George Lucas not a great director, amazing storyteller. He has stories that are brilliant, and he and he and he wants to tell them, but he's just not very great at doing that. Um, so so yeah, so when they made that decision of okay, so we're gonna have Anakin, his shadow be Darth Vader, you know, it's like so you knew it was gonna happen. But then they got rid of all the tidbits that at least the little tidbits that definitely made you go, Oh, he uh he's he's having a little bit of a rage issue. <laughs> but I mean, and then you got Attack of the Clones where he again wipes out a whole village of, you know, of aliens because his mom died. He had legit rage and killed everybody and then and another little bit like right as that scene ends you go to Yoda in like a meditation chamber and he's using the force and he can hear Anakin in his pain killing people but then if you miss it there's a second where Qui-Gon at this point who's dead is trying to reach out toward to Anakin in the force and you can hear his voice calling him. Uh, oh, it was so cool. And it just it just all of that just kept building up and building up and building up. So finally when when Anakin makes that official step and you're like like um the bit where he's at the temple in Revenge of the Sith and they're they're cleaning house. <laughs> he goes into the council room and there's just kids there. And they and they know him, which makes it worse. They know who he is, and they're like, "What do we do?" Master Skywalker. And then he. Many of them. What are we gonna do? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then the scene cuts, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> that that's about to go down." Okay, and that just, got dark. Uh, 
it's like I wasn't. Oh, and to mention that was the first Star Wars movie to be rated PG thirteen. First one. Hmm. Fair. And 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 not because of the gratuitous violence, I think. Uh, uh, but the final cut of Vader in that movie um, was probably one of the biggest fails uh, in Vader history. <laughs> And you're talk you're talking about the no, aren't you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That is uh, not the they, cool calc and that's not even that's not even a good James Earl Jones no. That's just they, the, well, what the fuck. Okay. So James Earl Jones, he knows how to yell. Like um uh, Lion King, and I'm talking about the original animated version. He played, uh, he did the voice of Mufasa. The moment where Scar throws him off the cliff, James Earl Jones lets out a yell that is blood curdling, and it's it chills you to the bones. He needed to have done a yell like that, not a no, just a yell in an absolute uh, uh, anger scream. That's all he needed to do. And they didn't do that. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if you've seen the movie. I know what you did last summer. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's an it's old. A, it's an older thriller mm-hmm, film, it. right? And in in that scene, like uh, the one of the lead characters is like standing in the middle of the street, mm-hmm. and she's a distraught chick. And I forget. She's like, what? She yells like, Scream, "What are you? What are you on? Or what are you waiting for?" Like when that when that played, that I dude, that's that is who I saw. And I think. Um, uh, uh, Jennifer Jennifer Love Hewitt I think is the the car- the actor or the act yeah it's Jennifer Love Hewitt I saw Jennifer Love Hewitt instead of Darth Vader in the middle of the street and cut off <laughs> jean shorts and a t-shirt instead of this badass new fucking mechanical uni- like outfit <sighs> screaming and whining like a little which I mean it goes it's in line with his character I get it yeah right. he's and and with you know all eh, whatever but they could have done that so much better but but, they but the ruled- moment before that though with the the mask oh, itself shut the first time and you and I have talked about this on the show before the first time that you hear his breath but it it's even like strain it's like a like it's not it's not the one that you know it takes a second because i think at that point the character was like i'm i'm uh, i'm different everything's about to be different and then it starts breathing like normal and then you're like, oh, <laughs> it happened. Yep. It's it's full circle now. Yeah, and that's where that the the sound engineers really really pulled that one together, and uh, you know the 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 whole the whole picture like it was, and and you can find amazing shit in in every single movie, and you can find little things to be pissed about in every single movie. Mm. Uh, even uh, you know if you're just a, a hobbyist like myself or a friggin' purist like like you two weirdos, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but there, you know, the little things, and we could sit here for another three hours and and keep going. But uh, uh, but I I think I got uh, I think I think I got us where we wanted to go, and and just spending some time with. Uh, with family talking about something, you know, a part of our, our family life, but (laughs) to be able to share something that, uh, you know, has, has become a, just an ingrown part of, of life, uh, with, you know, with my son and, you know, with, with my little brother. And, uh, you know, if we had dad here, he would be able to throw in his, 
his, you know, stories and experiences uh, because, I mean, he went and saw the original Star Wars in the theater, you know, because that was mm-hmm. before I was even born. So yeah. um, I think him and mom were dating at the time. I think. When did they, when did they get married? 78? Anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy was born in 70, August 79. That would have been... They got married in August. Oh, anyway. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. I, Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Vader. Yeah, cool. Star Wars. Right. So, um, <laughs> all right. So, let's end with, and this is probably going to be tougher for y'all than it is for me. Uh, favorite Star Wars character? Favorite Star Wars moment? Josh. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> in in canon it, or? It's... Favorite character, um, Luke Skywalker. He he resembles a, a, a kid with dreams that wants to seek adventure and then gets pulled into a situation he wasn't ready for, but then rises to the occasion. But then as the later movies showed him that he's human, he he falls. But then again, in fashion, Luke Skywalker, he rises to the occasion and he does what he has to do. And he does and he does it with a great Skywalker flair. So Luke Skywalker, favorite, absolutely favorite. Um, other than taking like an iconic classic favorite moment, I think one of my my favorite was um uh, was seeing um, the original characters again um, in episode seven. Like each one, you had Han and Chewie's quick entrance, and then you're like, oh, yes, that's all. And then you saw Leia for the first time, and then they ended the movie with a, again, very stoic, awesome-looking Luke Skywalker. It's just so seeing those characters after after so long was were great great moments monkey favorite star wars character has to be darth maul because he he a broken he was a broken character that managed to come back from you know from his from his very very bad times and managed to rise up to you know to seek out you know something to seek out you know something he really wanted which is to kill everyone but you know (laughs) (laughs) but uh besides the point uh, a broken man with goals um favorite star wars moment i gotta give it to darth vader in rogue one that that was the only Mm. scene that made me genuinely terrified of darth vader like i i almost i'm I, I had a nightmare that night of Vader and I was standing at the end of the hallway and Vader was right there and the moment I saw the red lightsaber, the moment I saw the blade come out, I woke up and I, I woke up and I was sweating. I was actually scared. <laughs> Speaking with oh, right on. Mine, so my favorite character is Darth Vader, hands down. Uh, he, is, he is my, my absolute favorite. Um, 
Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Anakin at all, not even a little bit. And and I don't think had they even had they gotten somebody else to play him, I I, I still wouldn't be a fan of Anakin. Uh, but but Darth Vader is uh, he's that he's he's an angry dad. You know what I mean? Whose love for his son ends up being what changes everything about him. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so he's got this crazy, amazing uh, power and ability to to rule the universe, but it's it's his love for his kids. You know what I mean? It kind of brings in that that emotional connection, and that is what you know. That is what, mm. in the end, drives him to act. And and I think that's that's kind of kind of cool. Um, and I've always admired. Uh, I've always uh, that's always been something that stuck out for him. My favorite Star Wars moment is an absolute tie between two interactions between Han and Chewie. And and they're both uh, Han throwing a one-liner back at Chewie after Chewie says something stupid, right? Uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, a scruffy-looking nerf herder, right? And and Han turns back and looks at Chewie and goes, "Laugh it up, fuzzball." <laughs> and then so 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 here's you know the most powerful creature in in the universe as we know it. You know it, you know he calls him a fuzzball, and then. And then there's another one-liner in episode seven where they're getting ready to go into the shield generator on Starkiller Base where where he looks at him and goes, oh, you're cold? <laughs> <laughs> so so just those those two moments are, are my absolute favorite moments. It's just those little one-liner interactions between the two of them. Um, and in very different times on the story where they're young and rebellious and now they're old and freaking, you know, battle-worn and whatnot. But that, that, that chemistry between the two characters is still there, you know, and their, their relationship is the same. And I, I think that's, that was just super cool. So, that's not how the Force works. <laughs> but he doesn't say that to Chewie. So that's a fan. Right. I, I know, but still, he right. says it. And it's like, okay, Han Solo, who was, who was so against, even in uh, New Hope, he even says, hokey religions ain't, you know, ain't, you know, good for good blaster at your side. And so the fact that he's telling somebody else that's not how the Force works is uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, big uh, deal. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then All when right. he's when he's talking down, the, oh my hell, that's just gonna take us down another rabbit hole. Like two I was hours like, we'll later. just we'll go another three hours. <laughs> so for our third hour segment, we're going to talk about <laughs> the dialogue shared between the characters. No, I'm just kidding. So, so yeah, so this this has been so much fun, uh, Monkey. Thanks for coming up and thanks for having me on. It's uh, awesome and chatting with us, uh, Bubba. It's always always good to have you on, and, and I. I greatly enjoy our conversations. I think that's a the last samurai a line, a line from the last samurai, right? Oh yeah. I enjoy our conversations. So yeah, it's it's always good to to talk with y'all uh, on a subject that you guys are way more educated on than I am. So it's it's really fun to watch people uh, totally nerd out about something that they they have a, a passion for. I I really enjoy. It was fun to watch Josh almost punch a wall when I said Luke, when I said bad things about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> we can't get into this again. <laughs> well, as long as they keep the Mickey Mouse ears off of them, we'll be okay, I guess. So, anyway, all right, friends. Well, uh, 
that'll wrap it up for us for this episode of uh, Sunday with Squash, the first of season two. Uh, we'll, we'll try to do this every uh, every couple weeks. We'll we'll get together and, and Josh and I will will go into the the bowels of some earth shattering topic, no doubt, <laughs> or or not, or we'll just sit here and tell stupid stories about each other. Uh, <laughs> either way, it's going to be a good time. Uh, so we're wrapping up a great weekend. I don't know what the weather's like where you're all at, but the sun is out. The birds are singing. Uh, we have an entire day of adventure laying before us just to go take a, a hold of it. I really want to encourage all of you to, uh, you know, we, we got a glimpse into some passion, uh, some people that have some passion. And Josh and I have talked about passion before. Uh, but I would strongly encourage you all, uh, what makes you passionate? And identifying what makes you passionate and then going and pursuing that passion. Today's a great day to do that. You should do that. Go be passionate about something today, whatever that might be. Uh, but let, let today be the start of, of some passion that gets you going. Have a great day. Get ready for the week ahead. We've got an awesome week coming up. Awesome, awesome week. I don't know why it's going to be awesome, but I just have a feeling it's going to be really good. So my friends, uh, from, uh, from those of us here at the Monkey Morning Show, I wish you a great day. Be good to one another. Cheers. <laughs>